0: Stern. <laughs> Sirius XM.
1: On today's show, host of The Late Late Show. I couldn't get in our building two weeks after we'd launched. <laughs> I couldn't get in our building without a pass. The very popular James Corden. At the, the security gate, there is a huge picture of me on the wall. <laughs> I said, look, that's, that's, me. that's yeah. me. And he turned really <laughs> slowly, looked at the wall and went, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like that guy. Yeah.
0: Strange. When when you're you're a stranger, when you're All right, Rob Zombie, hit it, pal. There you go, Rob Zombie, everybody. Ah uh, yeah. Who's that? My buddy Bobo on the on the
2: line.
0: All right, Bobo, I gotta let you on. I saw yesterday you were, hang- I, saw yesterday you were hang- I saw yesterday you were hanging on uh, for like a whole morning. So I always feel bad not picking up on you. What's on your mind, Bobo? okay
3: i don't bitch about that how it's your show
4: i'm very patient thank you, um,
3: thank you. Uh, i was wondering just how long does it take you to adapt to a different soundboard setup like in this miami studio
4: like well how long uh you?
0: first of all uh, i don't know exactly but uh, our team here is very good they uh always set up they know how i like it and they set it up for me so it should be very little bit of a learning curve and it does feel strange. I, I like I like the same. I like continuity when I broadcast. I like I, I don't like change, but um yeah, I think it'll it won't be a problem. Sometimes there's a couple of technical glitches. I'll be down in Miami right. next week for three days. And that'll uh, be great. It, it, it shouldn't be any different, really. I don't know what's so great about it. I'm I'm doing it as a favor to SiriusXM for some Reason unknown to me, they built studios in Miami. I don't understand it. What's going on in Miami that we need studios? But, uh, I couldn't figure it out. I'm sitting there. I'm going, what, 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 what Miami? We have studios. Why in Miami? I mean, I understand Los Angeles. Right. And I understand New York. But what, what, I mean, what, what, when did, I, I mean, Miami's nice and everything. Don't get me wrong, but we somehow have studios in Miami. So they said to me, will you go to Miami? And my first reaction was to say, no. I said, no, I'm not going to Miami. Why do I need to go to Miami? What's happening in Miami? I mean, in other words, why don't you build a studio in Alaska and I'll go there too? You understand? Bobo? Yeah. 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 Now, will Fred be making the, the trip? Now, oh, no. Fred, I don't know who's yeah. making the trip, honestly. I don't think I think Fred's more comfortable working from where he is. He's got a whole bunch of equipment, right? That uh, is pretty. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Fred, aren't don't you have a very complicated setup in your uh, in it, your studio? It really is. I mean, between all the puppets and the board, I mean, when we went to L.A., I mean, they did the best job that they could possibly do in setting up computers and whatnot. But it's just not the same. It's it's a lot easier to do it from this location. So. All I know is, is that Benji's not going. That's the only word I got, and I think that's funny. And Benji really, you know, he's upset about it, but we can't take everyone. I don't even know who's going to Miami. Uh, and as far as Fred goes, he's not legally allowed in Florida, so we were having difficulty getting him in anyway. <laughs> you know, he's got a warrant out for his arrest. So. <laughs> Yeah, Fred. Fred can't go to Florida, but uh, I don't know who is going to Florida. Does anybody have a list of people? I who know be...
5: that I'm not.
0: Yeah, you're not. Ben- Benji is not
5: bastard.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I think <laughs> Gary's. I think Gary's going. JD, I know. Sal. Sal? I don't. Oh yeah, Sal's going because he wants to put bread in his ass on the beach at the nude beach. <laughs> wherever that, that was his is ticket in yeah that was his ticket like like we were on the fence like richard Christie didn't make it he's not coming but Sal quickly was like hey i'm willing to go to the nude beach wherever there's a nude beach in miami and stick bread in my ass and have uh, like pelicans eat out of my asshole i go oh okay you're in <laughs> <laughs>
6: Jason you get what's the list on the plane
0: you get you, you've earned your way in <laughs> uh we have wolfie is going uh, Wolfie's a good him. guy i've never hung yeah. out with wolfie i might hang i don't know what i'm gonna do like i'm picturing my time in miami like a prison sentence uh <laughs> when they told me they said would you please open up the new studios you're our big star blah 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 and i was like well why don't you send andy cohen which they are sending andy cohen he's going to do some shows from there and i'm like is isn't that enough can Andy let Andy Cohn sit there with those fucking housewives or whoever the fuck he interviews? And to me, the benefit of having an Andy Cone is I don't have to go to Miami.
6: Right, he brings and, the stars, his housewives.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he's he's a real uh, he's he, he's a you know he runs around town with stars. Andy, you know that's his thing. He loves Miami. I guarantee you, he's going to have a blast in Miami. I can imagine what's going to go on in his room.
3: Oh yeah, yeah he's I imagine he has a completely yeah. different feeling about this than you do he's probably picking out the oh, clubs and the restaurants probably, and oh i can't
0: wait to get to miami <laughs> right. there's a new club that i can go see <laughs> and there's a you know and, and this, oh my god this is whole the whole gay section of miami i've never been to and
6: yeah the whole a, gay section of miami is called miami beach yeah it's <laughs> a whole gay there's a whole gay section of Florida called Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably on like like, like,
3: multiple plants a night, you know, like three, four different yeah, plants, Oh yeah, he'll keep like, going club
6: hopping, bar we're hopping, go- the whole we're thing. Going, yeah.
0: We're going to a new Cuban restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, um gay dudes love Miami. They love it. And uh I know that Andy's probably really excited.
7: Hey, Chris, are you coming to Miami? Yes. Cause as you say, gay dudes love Miami. When you go to Miami as a gay person, you're at the height of your gay powers. Right. <laughs> it's like, why gay is Amanda. that? <laughs> yeah. I why is that? I just think it's because it's like the, the, I don't know, something about the beach and you get to be in like an easy breezy summer gay for the time that you're there. It's just right. fun. There's just the, the, the Latin yeah. vibe and culture, just something about well,
0: it. Well, when they asked me to go, I go, you know, I'm married. I'm not gay. <laughs> i'm just gonna like I'm, i know my my concept of the I, I actually called robin to complain i said oh sirius xm has asked me to open up their miami studios and uh and, and robin said to me rightly so what the fuck does that mean and i go i don't know open up their <laughs> studios i mean what i'm gonna go there and sit in a studio and do what my show i mean and then someone at sirius said well people like when you travel i go really why I mean, what's, what's gonna be? You're not gonna have an audience, there. No, fuck no. I don't want any yeah. audience. Yeah, someone said, are you gonna have an audience there? I said, fuck no. Who wants to sit and stare at my audience? You ever seen my audience? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be, you think I want to look at Bobo the whole time? T- <laughs> t- t- hey, you know what? It. But seriously, you know why? What? what is that, Wolfie?
8: Tan Mom asked me if she could have lunch with you while you're in town. Oh, what a great
6: idea. You were wondering what to do.
0: So I told my wife about it, and she goes, oh, we'll have fun. We'll go to Miami. At first, she wasn't even going to go with me, and I was like, come on. Because here's the thing. I'm going to be, I know me. I'm going to be sitting in the hotel room waiting for the next show. Like, yeah. like, I'm, I'm not going to be going anywhere. It's not going to be like it's, you know, and people go, Oh, I wish we could go with Howard to Miami. Like Benji's like just all upset. I'm like, dude, if I see you having fun, I'll hate you more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see you, big fat Benji running around having a party in Miami. I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, why isn't he working? Let's go to work, write something, do something. So I don't know. I just pictured, it and then my wife goes, "Well, come on, we'll have fun." I go, D- "I, you know, I, I know that they built these studios in Miami. I'm sure they're even the company is questioning why we built them." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, really, I'm, I'm sure they're beautiful. I heard they're beautiful studios. I'm going to go see for myself. And uh, hey, no one's a sucker for radio studio more than me. I love to see beautiful studios, but I'm going to go there. I'm just going to be a bummer. I, I mean, Andy Cohn will have fun. They, they should just have Andy do it.
8: I love right, that it falls because, on you to be exciting. Like, you have yeah. to make this the big Yeah, event. yeah, yeah. Right, like, right, the, the party company party goes, yeah. Right.
0: yeah, yeah. The company's like, they calling, they're calling it Howard's house party <laughs> in Miami. I'm like, are you fu- wait, I gotta play uh, you the promo. No problem. Where's that Howard house party, <laughs> uh, promo? Uh, you don't you don't gotta hear. I go, <laughs> I go house party. <laughs> the only party <laughs> going on is my, in my actual house. Uh. Yeah. Party where I sleep <laughs> and I, I wait for duty to come out. Oh my god, what is going on? So, uh, yeah, I don't have it. Oh, here They're it grabbing is. Grabbing it for you. Is this a uh, Charo? Oh, no, there it just oh, went oh, up here, on here, the oh, oh, this one. Okay, here it is. People said it would never happen. I hate leaving my house. like staying home. But get ready for the unthinkable. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Hearing. As Sirius XM presents. Are you ready now?
5: Howard's Miami House Party. Oh man, this is hot.
0: Live Howard Stern shows from Miami. They said it would never happen. Next week Oh, Listen to, wow.
6: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like the world will be different after this day. (laughs)
9: When Howard gets to Miami. (laughs) It'll be like um... when Howard gets to miami everything changes your universe will be
0: well the reality is fun is my kryptonite i mean i don't want fun <laughs>
9: you
0: know
4: coming,
9: coming soon howard has a shitty time in miami he's not gay and he's not fun your mind will be blown Howard in Miami at the new
0: Miami Studios. Think about the reality. I'll be sitting in some studio, <laughs> and they're making it out that Jesus will return. I even said to management, I said, hey, you know what? You First of all, I love the people at SiriusXM. Never had better bosses. Uh, you know, I'm a guy who worked at WNBC and called his boss Succubus on the air. I mean, I know <laughs> how, what it's like to have a bad boss. I, you know, I mean so working for nice people it's lovely don't get me wrong so when they said to me look we really need you to open up the miami studios i was like why why do you want me there i don't understand They go no it's a big deal i go it's me there's no big deal i mean if i go to Miami, but no if you go it'll be a big deal (laughs) i go really okay i'll do it so i'm going I wanted to go for one day, but they, um, uh, you
6: know what I was thinking, Howard, that when they opened the LA studio, (laughs) they created this scene, right? We would hear about people hanging out at Sirius. Well, because,
0: because you're absolutely right. LA and New York are logical places for studios. That's where most the Mecca for celebrity music industry, you know, California and New York. Uh, and Miami, listen, Miami's got a lot going on and everything. You go to Miami, first of all, Miami, make your head spin. I mean, it's like the loudest fucking place. I mean, I, I used to go there. I'd take my daughter there when she was young. Cause I wanted to have like a, you know, warm vacation we, and it was close by to New York. You go to a hotel, they're having music festivals on oh, the yes. beach. It's and, a, it's a and,
6: club right yeah. in the lobby.
0: Yeah, I used to say it's a saute, and my walls would be rocking <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning. And, and you know me, I'm real thrilled with that shit. And I'm not out there trying to get laid. I'm with a six-year-old. I mean, what am I doing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just horrible. So I was just like, this is not for me. Miami is not. I like quiet. I like you don't quiet. You like do conga drums? No, and I, you know, and it's that disco thumping. It's like, yeah, thump, thump, thump.
6: Oh yeah, thump, all thump. you get is that. Yeah. So
0: when they it's go, well, Howard's well. coming to Miami, and it's going to be a party. No, it's going to be shh, quiet. <laughs> We're shutting everything down at five <laughs> o'clock. But, the, but but the company goes. If, the company's like, well, if you come to Miami, it'll it'll be unbelievable. The
9: opening of our studio is a yes. Howard is coming to Miami. Party of the century. <laughs> Howard will cure cancer and blindness. Set your expectations way up high. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy when Howard goes to Miami. Here's the reality: Howard goes to Miami, and absolutely nothing will happen. <laughs> I'll say the reality is yeah. that you're
3: gonna end up sitting in a studio that looks exactly like the studio you're in now. Yeah, yeah, with here. The windows, and you have no idea. <laughs>
9: When Howard gets to Miami, he'll lock himself in his hotel room for 20 hours a day and no one will see him.
6: So my wife said. I was so glad when you said Beth was going with you because I could just imagine you never leaving. It would be hotel, studio, hotel, studio.
0: Yeah, that's what I do. When I, I when I got my job in Detroit, I remember they put me in a hotel, and I sat in the hotel room till the next day when I had the show. They did the show, and they went back to my hotel room. And I wouldn't like I wouldn't even leave my hotel room. I I, I don't, I'm not looking for fun. Do
8: you think so? Next my week wife, you'll be, you'll my be wife was will, will you be more miserable next week? Like every yeah,
0: morning? of course I will be. I'll be fucking miserable. I'll be a fucking angry. I mean, well, Miami, first of all, like Bobo said, it's a new studio. And even if, you know, the, our team does a great job of creating a studio that's similar to what I have. But something's going to be wrong.
6: Yeah, you got to orient yourself to even all the controls and everything.
9: Howard is going to Miami for a big house party once he's there. He'll sit in his room and complain about the air conditioning.
7: I heard it's Meanwhile, been really hot in Miami, like super humid recently too. Well,
0: I don't care about that. I'll sit in my room, but, and then I was saying to the company, I'll go to Miami, but I don't want any noise when I sleep. So I had to rent me like seven floors. So I'm insulated from any noise.
7: Right, right. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: I'm not kidding. It's like, like, I, like I've a- got, I've, I've got half the building like surrounded so that I won't hear any, you know, thumping. <laughs> I hear thumping. I'm going home.
10: Yeah, These if I start like hearing
0: that? this at night, forget <laughs> it. Howard goes to bed by six p.m. There's the Howard House party, in Miami. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, we're gonna Miami. The you know, the people at the company asked me to do it, and I said I said to my agent, you know, I'm gonna do it because I like these people. They're really nice. Sirius XM, you know, I root for them every single day. It's a, I'm a company man because I like the company. I do. You know, when NBC would ask me to do shit, I'd be like, fuck you guys. You're scumbags. But uh these guys are nice guys, and if they think Miami's, you know, well, I, I told him you're going to be uh, Miami sorry. Miami you...
6: needs an opening.
0: <laughs> I even said to him, "You're going to be sorry. You asked me to go to Miami because it's more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be miserable. Threat. And you're going, you know, just send Andy Cohen. That fucking guy is happy yeah. wherever he goes. You know, say yeah. <laughs> We're having a great time. Oh, Howard, wonderful. come on out and have a great time with us. <laughs> I love Andy. God bless him. Let him be the face of serious. Uh, wonderful. wonderful. I'm having a great time. It's a blast. We're over here in Boca Beach Club. Where are you now, Andy? I'm over here in and it's speedo in Boca. We're all in speedos. It's speedo night in Boca. Oh my god! When I when I would the last time I had to travel was for America's Got Talent. I put a fucking stop to that, band, Prontissimo. I know. I'm over there in Austin, Texas. I didn't know I had to do and And the South by Southwest West Festival, whatever the fuck that is, was going on outside oh, my the hotel music room. Thing? I thought I was good. Yeah. It's a music festival outside my hotel room. Like, that's charming. <laughs> and I go, oh, my God, you are kidding me. I, I thought I my head was going to explode. I said to those assholes at AGT, don't ever take me on the road again. Mm -hmm. From now on, this show is going to be filmed all in New York at Radio City Music Hall. And they go, you can't say that. I said, I just said it, and it's going (laughs) to happen. I'm out of (laughs) here. Fuck you. (laughs) South by Southwest. And it was a shit band standing outside there, too. It wasn't even a good band we're four, you
6: right the direct stage <laughs> right. spot they put you over on the side oh yeah no i was yeah, like right. at like where
0: where the, yeah. where the scrub band like a yeah, right. jug band was playing <laughs> band. an electric jug band <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i don't know so anyway yeah we're going to miami what what the studio will look like it'll be beautiful i'm sure yeah uh, yeah Bobo, to answer your question and you know cool. i'll 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 go there and I oh, don't worry. Well, I'll have, like my wife lurking even said.
6: around? Is he going to just go anyway and just stand around the outside? Uh, are you, uh,
0: yeah, sometimes no, Bobo no, will no. do chalet. Are you coming down to Miami? No, no. I got to work.
7: How you f- know, work?
3: Uh, You're retired. retired. Yeah. No, I, I do driving training, Howard. Oh.
4: Cool.
7: Yeah. Well, you might want to um, talk to High Pitch because he messaged me yesterday, asked if I wanted to ride down to Miami, and showed me in his new car. <laughs> He has a police siren. <laughs> so I well, believe he'll get there he fifth. will
0: be... Uh, yes. <laughs> no problems. <laughs> yeah, so um I'm going to go down there. My wife was... In, she said, well, maybe I'll come down Tuesday. I go, Tuesday? I might not last till Tuesday. <laughs> I might just storm out of there.
6: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: So we'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And um yeah, I just figure I'll do the show. My wife says, come on, we'll have a good attitude. And she goes, well, you know, we can eat dinner out and... Oh, God. Really? Okay.
6: Yeah, they have great restaurants.
0: I said to my wife, let's just eat in the room. <laughs> goes, no. I'm going to buy an outfit, and we're going to go eat outside. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay.
6: Oh, we'll now, that. you started this by talking about maybe hanging out with Wolfie. What was that all about?
0: <laughs> I was thinking, like, maybe what we could do to make it tolerable. If you, Are you guys staying anywhere near me? Because I've rented out the entire hotel where I am, so you guys can't get in. <laughs> yeah, by the, uh, probably the not. <laughs> like, I might consider, like, hanging maybe by the pool or something for a couple really? of hours.
8: Yeah, That'd why be not? cool. Huh? I, I yeah. figured we'd see you through a glass booth the whole time. Oh, so
7: I, I figured it'd be... it'd be like Michael Jackson waving from a balcony. I yeah. didn't figure we'd be anywhere it near It could be you. fun to hang by a pool and,
0: like, shoot Fucking the shit. Fucking awesome.
9: If,
10: yeah.
0: Will
7: well, all wear Speedos?
0: Maybe we'll see Andy Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> Word.
9: Oh my god. Why don't you Why don't you have fun? Yeah, take your cock out. Come on. <laughs> take your cock out. <laughs> see that thing?
0: Hey, uh, Andy, my cock is out actually. Oh my can't god.
4: See it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was pushing yeah. so hard back at the company I go, Andy cohen I hear is going. what, what, what that's enough star power. <laughs> really is yeah right he's, he's he yeah i mean he's he's a big deal
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean i think so yeah. i was thinking Listen. maybe what i'll do is i'll climb to the roof of my hotel and wave to you guys where you are
7: maybe that's, and then a, jump. that's the
6: expense yeah. <laughs> that and he's not kidding he's not kidding
7: you no, should I'm dangle a baby over about balcony like a fake baby
0: <laughs> now what i'm gonna do is like um i was just thinking like yeah, because even my wife said, yeah, we could do something like that, like hang out by the pool or something, which would which, which be nice. I, the last time I was in Miami was years ago, and I went to a hotel, and I was sitting by the pool, and was pretty, like, swanky, like, Jay-Z. Was it Jay-Z that was there? Maybe it was. It was Jay-Z and Beyonce. They were sitting. Like, I was poolside. Jay-Z and Beyonce were poolside, and, like, even, like, Beyonce and Jay-Z had, like, bodyguards. Even when, like, Beyonce went in the pool... Like, these guys, like, followed her to the edge of the pool. That's cool. And I was like, I go, what are they scared of? Me? I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> it was a whole scene going on. And then... I know.
6: One I, time, I was at that that same hotel, and uh Naomi Campbell came out yeah. to sunbathe, and... Did she have bodyguards? There were four men, and they stood on each side of the chaise lounge she was lying on. <laughs> and, I
0: guess when you're i don't, I, guess, I
6: mean they're in suits
0: i guess when you are yeah yeah they were, jay-z's people were in suits too and i said i guess when you're hot yeah like you're a hot chicken stuff uh but <laughs> guys just try to hit on you constantly because you know what though they weren't crazy uh jay-z and beyonce because so i said to my wife hey let's let's go for a walk on the beach so we went over the boardwalk next thing i know i get like almost jumped by these paparazzi guys who were taking pictures of me in my bathing suit right. i was gonna go in the ocean i went Oh fuck! This is crazy. Like, uh, and then when you, I realize when you lay down by the pool, they're taking pictures of you. Now, listen, if I look like you know the Rock, I wouldn't give two shits. <laughs> I, I'm in the gym twenty four seven, and got, I wouldn't mind you taking pictures of me in my bathing suit. But if you're me, I was like, this scene is bullshit. I better get some of those bodyguards. No wonder they got the bodyguards.
8: I, I don't so think I, pull it. The pool at our hotel is gonna have Jay Z, maybe J D, but definitely no Jay Z. Jay Z
0: staff. Uh, we're hey, up. in
3: that J D, <laughs> was that the same story too? Where you met uh, uh, Rihanna? Was that all at the same hotel? No, Jay- I met oh, Rihanna.
0: Okay. I met Rihanna when she was first starting out, and Jay Z was at something in the called the Hamptons Classic or something. It was like one of these polo matches or something. And then Jay Z said, hey, "Oh I yeah, want to that
6: polo season out there."
0: He, he got up and said, I want to introduce everyone to my artist, my artist. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, that sounds cool. His artist. Like, I thought some guy was going to come out and paint. <laughs> and, and then, you should uh, do that
7: with JD. <laughs> yeah,
0: everyone, here's my artist. <laughs> my artist. My artist. And then I'm like, uh, oh, okay. And then uh, Rihanna just walked out onto this field and was like standing wow. there. And she was like, she must have been like 18 years old, like 19. I don't know how young she was, but she was stunning. And then she kind of just stood there and we all looked at his artist. <laughs> it was pretty cool. You know, I got to say. And I was like, wow, I got to get you me did. an artist.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Everybody, here's my artist. Anything? And then I'll have like a uh, Picasso walk out. You know? yeah. <laughs> <High pitch. laughs> but, yeah. Hello. So, well, what so then, the uh, oh, what is that? What'd you say, Jason? I didn't hear no, you.
3: No, I was going to say a bunch of us are taking, uh, are going out with Ronnie, uh, to celebrate his engagement with a dinner. Uh, so if you want, if you're looking for something to do, we'll be doing that one of
0: the, no, I don't want to do it should that. should be quiet. You guys ready? To get this shit
4: started. <laughs> I don't want
0: to do that. I don't want to go to a dinner with Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm probably just going to go sit in my room. Cause like everyone said, well, what are you going to do? You're going to do the show and then you got to go back to your hotel. And I go, yeah, I'm just going to sit there and my wife goes you're not just sitting there she goes i'm going shopping i want to go yeah. walk around she's all excited i go well you go shopping She "Well, you're just going to sit in your room i go yeah i'm going to be taking meetings and working because i have to work on my miami shows meanwhile what's to work on and i don't know what's going on the pretend miami. party yeah the, <laughs> the big the big house party, party. oh yeah listen house to this party. How, how
2: it's <laughs> coming next week yeah Howard boldly goes
0: I realize it's Ronnie oh. screaming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
5: Finally we're
0: going to Miami. He has
5: never gone before. Book. As Sirius XN presents Howard's Miami House Party. Hey, y'all having a good time
0: out
5: there. A big party.
0: If I hear music, I'm gonna run out the door.
4: Where it's so never funny gone
0: too. Before. It's yeah, never Howard's never gone before. It's gonna it's gonna be a nightmare and uh what am i i'm gonna sit in my room and count my blueberries for my yogurt (laughs) because Sirius goes no if you go it'll be a party it'll be cool and and i go okay i'll go go, don't expect don't expect any happening here right here in miami
9: everything howard hates in one place <laughs> it's happening, Howard in Miami. The countdown to the worst nightmare ever. 69. Howard in Miami. <laughs> Ronnie will yell
5: sixty-nine,
9: and then Ronnie will scream.
5: You guys ready to get this shit started?
9: And then we'll realize, besides Ronnie yelling and screaming, nothing is happening. (laughs) The show will sound exactly the same. Like Howard will be grumpy. With any luck, there'll be fireworks every night above Howard's hotel so he can't sleep. We can't wait. Once Howard gets to Miami, he'll be unleashed. It'll be wild. Howard unleashed? Howard unleashed in Miami. Miami will never be the same. Watch Howard. Wild. Watch Howard climb to the top of his hotel and swat planes. Get ready for inconvenience, Miami.
7: Oh, that sound.
9: It's, that is the sound of Howard being wild. Watch when Howard goes to Miami and doesn't <laughs> shake anyone's hand. <laughs> uh,
0: uh. Oh, you're going right, Ron? Ronnie's yeah. a party. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look going. forward to Get seeing up, you. Ronnie. I'll see you, Ron. You just said you don't want to see me. <laughs> no, I don't want to go to dinner with you. <laughs> I didn't go to dinner with you when you lived in New York. I know. I know. You know. Well,
3: well you I, used I,
5: to. You used I'm, to. I'm, going back. Yeah. Yeah. Going back. The old days. The old days. old well, days. Anyway, it's about having fun, motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> I'm going to, uh... I might go wild in Miami and drink two cups of hot water instead of one in the morning. <laughs>
9: SiriusXM presents Howard in Miami, where he'll drink two cups of hot water. What? Instead of (laughs) (laughs)
4: one.
0: You should have heard when they, these guys called me a couple of months ago, we're opening up studios in Miami. I go, what? What fucking dumb thing are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what what'd you build? They built studios in Miami. I, I understood when you built them in Los Angeles. I didn't know you were building in Miami. But you know what, man? Hey, I'm sure it'll be great. And I'm going to go and I'm a company man because I want the and company to do And you're going
6: to give it all you've got.
0: I'm going to give it my all. You'll see.
6: <laughs>
9: Me too. Oh, oh yeah, Ronnie will be there. Power goes to Miami. This is the moment nobody has been waiting for. <laughs> 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 Howard eats an extra metamucil cracker in Miami. Watch the explosion.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, thank oh, you to everyone yeah. for uh, writing to me about my duty problem. I was scared. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> I was so scared out of my mind. I've been, uh, if you didn't hear the show yesterday, I, I hadn't gone to the bathroom in a couple of days. I had had root canal about a month ago and. They put me on an antibiotic, and then I took probiotics, and then they're telling me that can constipate you horribly. But anyway, we got into the whole thing where Ronnie recounted his story when he had hardened duty, and he had to pull it out of his ass with his hand and everything. While a fun story, I got really nervous because I was barely going. And um, so I was in a panic, and everyone was giving me medical advice, so I called my man, Dr. Agus, right after the show. He goes, what's going on? I go, I'm embarrassed, but I got hard duty. And I haven't gotten to the bathroom in a couple of days. So tell me what's going on. I told him about the antibiotics, the probiotics, blah, 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 blah. He said, look, everything you were doing was good before. You're, you're going to be on track. Sometimes it can take up to three months. I would have told you not to take those probiotics. But uh, just stay the course what you're doing. I like what you're eating. Stick with your metamucil crackers. And did I don't know tell what to happened. Did
6: you go up to three or did you, do you stay with the two?
0: I, I'm going to tell you something, Robin, exclusively right here. Uh, okay. don't tell Dr. Akers, but I did go up to three crackers. He told me to stay the course with the two crackers. I'm a little bit of, you know, I, I went with what you, I, I was going to save the three crackers for Miami. You're right, Chris, but I, uh, anyway, so. Uh, yesterday after the show i was such a nervous wreck about my duty and everything and ronnie's story was so horrible then we learned about people shitting out of their mouths for real oh, like, like, it yeah. feculent vomiting They call it. feculent vomiting oh. the fans were riding me in fact here I'll, i mean it was all scaring the fuck out of me because i don't want to vomit you know out of my mouth with shit <laughs> howard um especially here's what in the miami
6: f- yeah i mean so that's worse that. yeah, yeah that i can't
0: my, my wife will be real turned on but uh you know that's worse than what happened to ronnie at least ronnie wasn't oh. shitting out of his mouth but uh anyway people were Howard. looking forward to tomorrow's edition of duty watch hopefully you can get it out without a stick poor ronnie had to go find sticks to chop it up with <laughs> um Howard worrying out loud about needing a C-section to pull out a hard stool is the funniest thing ever. Second to that was needing a doula. <laughs> I thought Ronnie might be my doula. And, uh, anyway, uh, please save the drop of Robin Robin saying, duty weight. Hilarious conversation. <laughs> finally shit. And then the advice started pouring in. Howard using the magic words today. Pain medicine. I bet he took something like Percocet. No, I took Vicodin, actually constipation is a side effect stop blaming antibiotics no it was also the combination of the probiotic with the antibiotic um howard all you need to do is sit on a bidet and shoot a load of water up your ass that shit will fly out like a slick turd well anyway (laughs) that's what he this guy claims um (laughs) howard i'm sending you a link for something called a poop knife you use it to oh, cut up your no. poop.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, so guess, what?
0: A tool uh, guess what? Send me one. Guess what? I'm going the old-fashioned way. I'm like Ronnie. I'm going to go out and get a stick. Get a chainsaw. Um, yeah. I refuse to buy. Uh, I refuse to use a sti- Oh, I refuse to buy a poop knife. I'd rather pull a Ronnie and go find the stick. If I'm that desperate. Yeah. And there it is. That's it. Poop knife. Yeah. Look at that. Oh
6: my! It's a real <laughs> That's
0: crazy. It's a real thing. Um. And then fans started, like, yeah, sending voicemails about, uh, you know, what I should
2: Meta-measal do. Metamucil is the solution
3: to all of these problems, no matter how hardcore they are. The problem is that he's only taking those crackers and you need to take
0: the powder so all of this was making me fucking crazy everyone yeah. was even some fan who had feculent vomiting <laughs> shitting out of his mouth
6: They weighed in, huh? Feculent yeah, this
0: is, here's another traumatized fan you
6: know,
5: what's going on? um i actually had that vomiting feces thing happen to me and i don't remember it looked looking like coffee but it was like green and black and so vile it cleared out the entire waiting area the emergency room oh, a little big story behind it but thought you'd like to know anyway
4: he did
6: that you know. in the emergency room oh my yeah. god
7: i'm a, i'm, a yeah, I'm not going vomit to... lover.
0: <laughs> oh speaking of that <laughs> we call jeff the vomit guy uh. we ask him the question we go jeff Jeff, would you be a feculent vomit, you know, lover? Because, yeah, we,
7: I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say feculent vomit? Excuse uh, Well, it's so, so strange. uh, I'm into feculent vomit here. Uh, Really?
0: Chris, take a guess. What do you think? Do you think
7: Jeff, the vomit guy, would want a woman with feculent vomit to to vomit on him? no i think he would think that's like he gets weird if it it almost borderlines gay and i think to him that would be like too gay somehow because it involves duty uh robin what do you think is jeff the vomit guy a feculent vomit lover
6: yes
0: (laughs) ronnie what do you think yes all right let's see who's right chris says no robin and ronnie say yes here he is, Jeff the Vomit Guy. So, Jeff,
8: if there was a hot young babe that had an intestinal blockage and started feculent vomiting, would you allow yeah. her to vomit
5: on you? Yeah, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Whatever the form of vomit is, you know, yeah, it, it could always, always be, uh, war, you know, always washed off of me. It could always be... Vomit beggars can't be vomit choosers. So even if it's
8: feculent vomiting, you'll take what you can get.
5: I'll take feculent vomit. I'll take all kinds of vomit, okay? Hot chick is throwing up. I emphasize a hot chick, a hot biological chick who's a female, female, okay? It's not so much the the content, the vomit. It, it's It's the way they go about doing it, okay? I find it to be... I'm ready. for these words. Very erotic and de- decadent. Okay, it's always done something for my dick.
8: So, Jeff, to paraphrase, it's not yeah. the content of the vomit; it's the character right. of the vomit.
5: It's more the character of the vomit. Yes, it's it's the gusto. It's the way uh, a female puts an emphasis. On the, 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 the guttural sa- sounds coming from within her, or, or the, the um, it's a lot to do with the, the mouth, the lips, the tongue, the saliva. The It, it gives me a hard-on. It gives me an erection, okay? All right. We okay. got it. It's yeah. e- like okay. a fancy bottle of champagne. <laughs> it's it's, e- That's it's right. erotic, okay?
7: <laughs> <All right. laughs> that it a hard. So- get ready for this. It does something for my penis. Okay. I, I, I don't care what what's in the vomit. Okay, it could be uh, it could be poison. I I, I, I just need the vomit. <laughs> that
5: wasn't even the hey. This is Chef the Vomit Guy. This goes out to all the ladies feeling nauseous. I love vomit. Women vomit. I love vomit. Women's vomit. I love vomit. I love vomit. Women's vomit. Women I love vomit. <laughs> vomit.
7: Yeah. Right to the hook. The well, worst thing in the world he... must be being gay because that's the only, he doesn't care if women are shitting from
8: their mouth. As long as they're women, that's the right. only thing he cares about. Yeah. That wasn't even the grossest but... thing that he told me yesterday. What? He, he... What'd he say? He. I, I, I can't even process What, did he it, eat but... somebody? No, this is, <laughs> I, this is unbelievable. He told... He told me that he has mice living in his mattress, that oh, there's a colony oh. of mice that live in his mattress. It's a big deal, okay? Live, hey, so it's, what? It's like a waterbed.
0: <laughs> you know what? I don't see anything wrong with that. What, 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 what? It's wrong to have mice they, living in your mattress? They don't
7: need a home, okay? Listen, where are they supposed to go? They're, they're, why, why does he have mice? First of all, I feel bad for the mice. I mean, that guy's hey. gross.
0: Why? Uh, why does he have mice living in his mattress? What's going on? So he
8: he noticed, he noticed holes all along the bottom of his mattress. <laughs> yeah, and then he noticed uh, mice dropping all over his oh. room. Oh. And then he,
7: uh, I he started, started connecting the dots. Okay, he started, he started <laughs> noticing
8: scur- scurrying and, and rustling in his mattress. In My the mattress the moved across the room. All
7: right, <laughs> what is that close? What well, is that weird hey. to you?
0: Well, I'll tell you one, before I finish my duty story, I'll oh. tell you this. When you, when you bring up mice, there's a crazy thing going on here in New York. They, they just appointed a rat czar. Yeah. And if you, it's fucking crazy. There's now a rat czar. And, uh, it's this woman who appears to have just answered an ad in the newspaper for the rat czar.
6: She's no rat expert of any sort. Uh,
0: I, you know what? I can't tell from this announcement, but I I got to figure she at least worked for that place, Orca or whatever it is, the one that, uh, Orkin. you know, Orkin or whatever the hell it is. Orca.
4: I, I mean, or I'm, where you get
0: a massage, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that she knows something, but, but here's her announcement. This is her at the press conference uh, announcing herself as the rat czar and sort of <laughs> saying hello to New York and then putting rats on notice. The rats are so bad in New York. Like, Chris was telling me that, um no, Steve Nowicki was telling me that uh, he skateboards and he just, he like, he he thought he went over some like tomato juice or something, but it was oh, just like rat wow. blood, like <laughs> all over his skateboard. And uh oh. right, Steve, didn't something
11: happen to you where the rats were so bad? Yeah, I almost threw the skateboard out. I, I thought it was berries, but then I saw the red had like, like fibers like meat and it was just, oh, it's vile. And they're everywhere. They're like. Th- they put the trash out <clears throat> at a later time now to try and, like, uh, you know, not give them too much of a rat food buffet. But I walked my dog this morning and every trash bag was just oozing with rats, like <laughs> feasting on the food.
7: Oh. Was that weird yeah. to you? I
5: mean, that's <laughs> strange. I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, that's <laughs> nothing new in New York, okay. dude. Steve, are you new. a
0: vomit lover? Right, Ronnie, remember we'd go, we'd be we driving on. around early in the morning seeing Oh, tons yeah. Of rats. Dude, yeah. We, it's like, colonies of them just walking around it was crazy yep. and, and they're too, like you know, right. the rats are like fuck you humans like <laughs> we're not even afraid of you
11: we're gonna just walk here i know it's rush hour we're gonna walk on the street too it's crazy but it's anyway gotten worse though from what i've seen in brooklyn oh, like they yeah. used to at least kind of scurry away now they just look at you like like what are you gonna do <laughs> Like, like, fuck you.
0: Well, you know what they're like? They're like, it's almost like Planet of the Apes type thing where all of a sudden the rats have realized we're the pussies. And they're like, all of a sudden they're right. like, you know what? We now have some basic understanding of how you guys operate and you shit your pants around us. So they had to appoint a rat czar. This is, uh, see if I'm saying her name right. Or- Kathleen Corady. Corady. She's the new rat czar. Here's, I don't know, she doesn't sound like a, I think he needs someone with a little tougher affect.
12: When I first saw this job posting, I wasn't sure if it was real. Bloodthirsty is not a word you usually see in a job description, and it's certainly not a word I usually describe myself. But I have to say, the Ratsar ad got my attention. Obviously, destiny was calling. You'll be seeing a lot of me, and a lot less rats. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, quote. <laughs> Pizza rat may lay, live in infamy, but rats and the conditions that support their thriving will no longer be tolerated in New York City. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> hey. And with your help, we'll send those rats packing.
0: Nice. But uh, I think I she's
6: was... got the wrong attitude. That was too <laughs> jokey yeah. for for yeah.
7: people running well, their skateboards over. Jeff Obama guys floating down the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> on his rat mattress. Right.
0: Oh look who it is. Stone called Steve Austin. Yeah, you should be the rat czar. You sound like a guy who could kill rats.
10: That's right, I'm here, baby. You don't need a rat jar. These rats are gonna call me Howard. I'll tell you that right now. These some bitches. I've been rock bottomed. I've been pile drive, suplex, chokes land You think I'm scared of some fucking Stuart Little? You got another thing coming, goddamn it! You hear me?
0: Yeah. Now yeah, I I say Stone Cold Steve Austin, poor Ratzar. You'll kick their ass, right, Stone Cold?
10: You goddamn right. And in fact, Rats, if you're listening right now, me and you, Monday night, winner gets to cheese, you some bitch. I'm gonna <laughs> whoop your ass. That's nice. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna whoop your stupid ass.
0: And you're gonna kill the rats, right?
10: You're not gonna you're hell not yeah.
0: Stone Cold, you're not gonna be like playing some kind of piccolo leading the rats into the water. You're just gonna go out and obliterate them, right?
10: I'm going to stomp a mud hole in ass, Howard. I'll tell you that right now, rat stomping, mouse stomping machine over here. Get a couple beers in me, I'll take these rats out. I don't give a shit. The great mouse detective. I'll take any rat out. <laughs> Stone oh, called rats. Steve Austin. No, those fucking rats, you hear me?
0: Stone called Steve Austin for rad czar, That's all I'm saying.
6: How did the garbage now- men pick up the trash when the bag is full of rats?
0: I gotta Jeez. tell you something. I have such mad respect for people who, who, sanitation workers. I have seen it firsthand. I've been walking down the street sometimes early in the morning. And these guys come over and they and those bags, the plastic bags are moving inside. You could see there are rats all in there. <laughs> and these dudes come in, they're wearing heavy gloves, like I guess like lead gloves or some shit. And they just pick up those bags and throw those fucking
11: bags Amazing. right in that garbage. I
0: mean yeah.
11: they got my trash cans have holes in them now. The rats are eating through like, like half inch plas- hard plastic. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Alex, well you know what it, it
4: back is back my attic.
0: All right, Bobo, that's I got to say goodbye to you. No aunt. one cares. No one gives a fuck about your rat. <laughs> <laughs> rats in his attic. Are you kidding?
6: I can <laughs> contribute to this conversation.
7: <laughs> that's where rats should be.
0: <laughs> Sam who works for us got a ticket for putting her trash out 15 minutes early. That's what the rats are. Got appointed. Now she's getting tickets. She, he, that's, The theory is if you put the bags of garbage out too quick, they'll be sitting out on the street giving the rats a chance. Right. So. So how much was the ticket for putting your trash out 15 minutes early?
12: I got a look. I think it was like $30. I mean, well. it's rid- it's ridiculous, though, because you're just moving it from one location on the street to the next. That's not right. going to stop rats.
0: You got a rat problem?
12: Howard, a year and a half ago, I had a rat somehow come into my home and that thing caused so much contention in my house it was so stressful to get it out it was the most disgusting fucking thing i've ever had to deal with living in new york my entire life it was a it was a nightmare
0: was your husband like macho about it like i'll get this fucking rat out of here or was he like me like you know shit i'm scared (laughs)
12: have
4: felt get bad. <laughs> he didn't yeah, have Samantha, get back! Samantha, you have
0: a job to do. You got to get like I would tell Beth. I go, honey, I, yeah. you got to do something.
7: Yeah. Beth, you're rat czar now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm appointing <I> mean, you. <laughs>
12: I was standing, up, so at one point, we couldn't find it, and we hear my dog barking at the couch, and I'm like, oh my fucking God, this is it, this is the time, so I'm like, you gotta go, no, you gotta go, and we're fighting with each other, and I jump on top of a piece of furniture, I think it was my desk, actually, it was so, I've never, I mean, a rat, like, that is so disgusting, yeah. oh. and all of a sudden, he lifts the cushion of the couch, and the rat jumps up. Oh. It jumped Ah. out of the couch and flew, and then he starts chasing it with. I'm screaming. I mean, it was it was so frightening. So how would
0: you get rid of it, or you haven't gotten rid of it?
12: No, we got rid of it. We had to set traps. I mean, these and that's the
0: worst too, because then you see the thing in the trap, and then you uh, smell. Even that's scary. Yeah,
12: I could. I couldn't sleep for days, Uh, and this was days. We couldn't find it. Imagine you know a rat is living a rat, not a (laughs) mouse. Can I tell you something? Something in your house. (laughs)
0: I yeah. you know as a as a New Yorker a long time I got to tell you if you got one you got more than one if you know what I mean
12: Well this was a, like I said this was a year and a half ago but I'm I'm dealing mm. with a mouse problem now I mean this oh. this, is, oh. this is really <laughs> fucked up because it makes you feel like you're you're dirty and you're doing something wrong I've acted right. three times a day we practically have OCD with this cleaning stuff and like you can't you it's it's maddening I it's opened disgusting. my stove to cook like had a whole meal prepped a delicious meal, there's fucking mouse shit all inside the oven. Oh.
5: <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> like what happened to baby Jane. Oh, God. Like, oh, and, uh, God. you know
12: what I did? I took the food, and I just threw it all in the fucking gar... I was, like, so disgusted. It, it, oh. it is oh, awful. God.
7: I, I would have eaten that. Are you a vomit lover? Are you ever do feculent? You ever do faculant <laughs> vomit over there, uh, Samantha? <laughs> uh, do you? Oh, my yeah.
0: God. It, yeah, hey. it's... I'm still haunted by Mamet's situation. Remember when he recorded the rats oh, in his yeah. wall? It was <laughs> oh, loud. <yeah. laughs> it was like, it I think I have a tape of that. Uh, let me see if I and can.
7: I remember it. he was so excited when he moved into that apartment. He was giving people tours and meanwhile it was a yeah. nightmare.
11: And rats are the size of puppies in the city. Like they they've grown. <laughs> yeah. They're they're yeah, other huge. Good. Here's here's Mamet's the rat problem.
0: That's in his apartment. That's nighttime. It's the worst horror story ever.
6: That's me laying in bed
2: recording that with my phone. That was right at the head of my bed. You moved out of that place, right?
6: Yeah,
2: we're gone.
6: Oh, good. I remember being in some spa and seeing this pretty big thing. Run across the floor in the dressing room. <laughs> oh, that's a dog, and, Robin. <laughs> and I walked out and I said to the people in reception, Do you have a cat? And they said, No. And I got <laughs> my things
4: <left>.
0: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Beaten by a rat. <laughs> uh,
0: well, anyway, uh, there is a rat czar, so rats beware. <laughs> I hope she, listen, I hope she's a very organized woman who understands that, you know, we're going to need a massive cleanup. But first of all, My friend just went to Italy, sent me pictures of how they collect trash there. All of the trash seems to be like underground where they can just like they pull it up with these machines. Like they don't even they don't even leave it. They
6: don't even leave it on the street.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. Uh, But I'm glad they got a Radzar. I hope the woman really, you know, you could get. Hold on a second. Oh, everybody. It's Joe Pesci. What's up, Joe?
9: (laughs) I will kill these rat bastards. They do this for a living. I killed a rat the other day. His whole family was a bunch of rats. These no-good-fucker rats. I have ways of making these rats talk, I'll tell you that much. I beat the shit out of a rat that was bigger than me the other day. I didn't give a fuck.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You'd be an excellent rat czar because uh, you had many rats uh, that uh, you guys got rid of, right? You would uh, take them on a boat ride and then uh, drown them, (laughs) Oh, we would take
9: them on boat rides, so that's for sure. I would take them in my fucking boat and knock them right out, put them right in the Hudson River. I had a friend of 13 years. He was a real tough guy. His name was Mousy. Turned out to be an actual fucking mouse, that rat (laughs) bastard fucking prick. I'll rip that fucking tail right off its body. Those rats will be sleeping (laughs) with their fishes. I got a lot of rats in shallow graves in the tri-state area. I'll tell you that much.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, um, you're the man. You're the man. And I, 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 for one would love to see you be rat czar. I really would.
9: I, you know, I'm the perfect guy for the job because I'm eye level with those rats. I'll take <laughs> them out one by one. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. I'm the size of a rat.
0: All right. Thanks, Joe. There you go. Joe Pesci for rat czar.
7: That's the attitude Here's, you need.
12: I think James.
7: Howard, yes, Sam.
12: I, I was just going to say, I think there's some sort of rule that mice and rats can't live in the same place. What do you mean? Like, I I believe you can either have one or the other. They don't mm. go to the same. <laughs> so that's is that like the... a
7: long-standing treaty between the two?
12: Yeah, or... <laughs> yeah.
7: That, 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 God forbid that I treaty go. breaks
0: and uh, mice start living with rats. Oh, it's going to be no. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James is an exterminator in New York. Go ahead, James.
2: Hey, Howard. Yeah, so we get a lot of calls for rats to come through the toilets. Mm. Um, right. you know, people oh, end up with a rat oh, in their God. home. Not sure yep. where it came from, and when you go into the bathroom, you can actually see the grease from when they've crawled out of the toilet uh, and into the homes. Like, how do they
0: survive
6: oh, they come through
0: the sewer? They, so yeah, they survive through the pipes, and like even like I guess there's water involved, but they don't care.
2: Yeah, yeah, they don't care about the water. Everything they need is inside that sewer to survive, and then they they put their backs on the back of the pipe and they kind of crawl up. Uh, one time in on the 19th floor, 19th
0: floor in a building what is the uh, good for these you know uh, you know by the way i'll bet you the next pandemic is going to come from all these rats that's how uh, like typhoid and all these other things oh, used yeah. to be so bubonic right. plague yeah the plague bubonic plague yeah so i'm thinking like uh james you're an exterminator what's the fucking answer what should the rat czar do
2: Oh, my God. There's just so many different things that are, that are going on out there. When you walk down people's streets, you see the giant holes by the trees and the planters, and you know, and they have nothing to control it. there's no bait. You can put the uh, tracking powders into the holes. There's so many things that can be done, but it's the building owners that really need to get on board with it.
0: Do you make a good living? As a, I would think you could shake people down. Like you're, like you know, these people are desperate. Like a person like <laughs> Sam, you just, you know, oh, there's a rat in my house. You know, yeah, well, I, it's actually a million dollars to remove that. Okay, I'll do whatever <laughs> okay, I have to, I'm to do. I'm
12: ready to give anything at this point. Yeah, <laughs> you're
2: right. What you make a good it's living. An okay business, but it's pretty dirty. It's an okay business, but you know, it's dirty. Think about what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I know. And you come face to face with these little fuckers, huh? I chased one
2: into uh, an area. And there's no choice. I had to put on the gloves and grab it to get it out of there.
0: You grabbed it live, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I couldn't walk out of this person's apartment. I would have been ashamed.
0: Do you think the rats have gotten worse with all the outdoor dining and everything with the pandemic?
2: So those dining sheds are are just a mecca for everything. You know, from people, you know, drug users, people using the bathrooms, and the rats are living underneath those things. I'd say every single one of them probably has a rat colony underneath it at this point.
5: Oh fuck!
12: Uh, what's what? <laughs> going on with the animals in this city, Howard. I was at Central Park the other day, and there was a raccoon just hanging out in broad daylight, sitting with people. Like yeah, that I don't means know he has what's rabies. Going on?
0: I'll tell you what's going on. That means he was rabid. That's what I heard. Really? That if a if a if a raccoon if you see a raccoon during the day hanging out, he's either an asshole like doesn't know <laughs> any better, uh. or he's got fucking rabies because they're supposed to be afraid to come out during the day. And what happened? What happened to bed bugs? Remember that was a big thing in New yeah, York. You don't even hear bugs. about the yeah. You don't oh, even hear I don't them miss bed bugs. I
2: don't miss the them bed either. bugs are still around.
0: Take
12: that yeah, over mice or
0: rats. What is that, James?
2: You still get calls for bed bugs. It's just not as prevalent as it had been in the past. It seemed like ten years ago they were just everywhere and out of control. Right. I think more people are more aware. And no,
0: that's probably get on it right <laughs> I was so paranoid when there were bed bugs. I had this dude. I hired a dude to come in with these dogs, these beagles, and they. They run through the apartment. They can tell you if there's bed bugs. Remember Ronnie? Yeah, we worked. had bed bugs in the limo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fucking freaked me out. That's why that's why I brought these dogs into my apartment. I said, well, maybe
7: these bed bugs hopped on me during uh, uh the ride in Ronnie's car. Well, bed bugs were kind of like COVID before COVID, because you could go to a theater, get them from the seat, you know, the upholstered seat, and then bring them home.
0: Yeah. I Gross. think people are just like overwhelmed with the rats so they forgot about the bedbugs and the bedbugs are like what the fuck what what this is great i mean the rats are taking all the heat we can just do our thing <laughs> uh I, I would it's I like would, um do, i would love bedbug. it's like cnn <laughs> cnn is uh so happy that uh that uh, tucker carlson got fired no one's paying attention to the fact that they fired don lemon you know, it's that kind of thing. The so bed, the bugs, bed are like, bugs
6: are getting, you know, full run of the place. Everybody's concentrating yeah. on the rats.
0: Yeah, the bed bugs are like, yeah, keep talking about rats, Howard. Meanwhile, we're taking <laughs> over your bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, hey, James, do rats serve any good purpose? Like, there's got to be a reason they're around.
2: No, I mean, it's they're eating garbage. They can spread disease. You were saying before, not so much the bubonic plague. That's not been around for years around here, out west, maybe. But just,
0: purpose, no. isn't there a way to just get rid of all like i mean like really take a hardcore fucking although although we'll end up poisoning ourselves you see they'll have the last laugh because every well, time you, you don't fuck-
6: poison them you get great big cage and you get something to lure all the rats into the cage and then see you, know,
0: you
5: should be put it, it in the star.
6: ocean why I are you know, here that Robin. woman <laughs> didn't come up with one solution she didn't tell us how she's getting rid of these rats
5: laughing what Sounding if we, stand up, like uh, stand up well. like comedy act. Yeah. Bad
0: one. Someone's got to invent like a, a supersonic sound that won't hurt
11: us, but will kill all the rats. Oh, they have those. They're, I was walking down the block and you could still hear it because it's a sound that you could still hear. It's just like, like, that it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> no, they're, they're just having a feast, having a party. It's and like, it. them, but,
0: yeah, why, why, why are, are they doing
11: things? it? Well, well, I don't understand. It must be killing them with some. You mean it's supposed to kill rats? It keeps them away, so it probably keeps a few away from that house, but they're they're oh. just everywhere. Yeah, great. I'll have like a neighbor who will have that sound and send them all and over. And they're all
6: coming <laughs> to your house, yeah.
0: Wasn't there some book where some dude had some little flute or something and he Pied Piper? led all the. Ra- yeah, yep. Pied Piper. Didn't he
7: lead <laughs> the that, Didn't
6: play? he lead children away? It wasn't. He rats. did a lot
7: of weird stuff, Robin. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: There were some issues with
7: the Pied Piper. <laughs> All right, James.
0: Keep up the good work, pal.
2: All right, Howard. Love you guys.
6: Thank you you. for your service.
0: You're not kidding. Thank you. Yeah, we'll call you if we ever need you. And believe me, we need you. I remember working at that fucking NBC. Not only were they busting my balls, I had fucking mice living in my desk. I actually had a desk.
6: We had to walk to the the subway. Uh, You know, we used to use the best transportation. (laughs) We were walking to the subway because we had to leave work late or something. And our train stopped running. So we had to walk to Penn Station and a rat ran right between your legs as you were taking a step. And I started screaming.
0: Good thing you were with me. I took care of you, honey. Don't you worry. She knew she was with a real man. I said, Robin, let me handle this. I was I leapt into Robin's arms. She had to carry me to the subway like a baby. I was
6: why are you screaming? I'm like, (laughs) I just ran between your legs.
0: But, uh, yeah, I remember I was I had an office at NBC, like where I pretended that I was doing something and I would sit in there. And uh, after I got yelled at by Pig Virus, I would go and um sit in my office, and then uh, you know, or K Rock too, opened up the the fucking d- desk, and there were there were little a little mice family, and I was like, Fred, oh. now finally I got a use for you. Go fucking get rid of these mice. <laughs> and he the did.
12: The mice are cute. They're very cute. Yeah, a like little mice. I felt.
0: I know. I felt bad for them. Like Fred took yeah. them outside. I don't know what he did. He claims he took them to like a a, a, a little mouse village where they. No, there out. was no, no little mouse, mouse village. Mouse they farm. What'd, you, the trash. what'd you do with, What'd you really do with them? I took them Fred to the trash. Has, <laughs> Fred has to make up stories, so I feel good. I <laughs> took uh, to them to the I trash. But I did right? have
10: mice in my apartment uh, many many years ago, and I had the little glue trap set in the corner. And the worst part was. uh Perusing the
0: apartment and finding the mouse with his face glued <laughs> to the
4: trap. Yeah, they're brutal.
0: And I'm going like, oh, uh, I gotta take you outside, don't I? So, that yeah, was pretty I had bad. to do that to uh, Benji once. I had a <laughs> glue trap on him. His fa- little face was stuck to the glue trap. But anyway, getting back to, well, listen, it's uh, th- that's the story on the drug czar. I mean, the uh, rats czar. Uh, but getting back to, um. Did you take this a shit? Whole- Yeah, exactly. The duty story. So I'm on the phone with Dr. Agus, and he says to me, stay the course. You're going to be okay. I said, I haven't taken a dump in two. I get embarrassed talking about this stuff. I was like, I haven't gone in two days. Just stay the course, stay the course. Well, after that, I was so stressed out from Ronnie's story and all the other stories from the listeners. I uh, took a nap, woke up. And I said, son of a bitch. Um, My wife was waiting for me to take a walk. I said, I think I feel something brewing down there. (laughs) Might be gas. I don't know. So Dr. Agus told me to keep walking. So I started pacing my bathroom, hoping something would erupt. And I'm pacing and pacing. My wife's like, where are you? We're going for a walk. I go, I need 15 minutes. I think I'm in for a big uh, score here. (laughs) I didn't tell her what was going on. She still has no idea. I'm waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, out came a fabulous duty, like, like old times. Like, like your perfect. old duties. <laughs> like my old duties, like, like perfect. Like no, like little wow. rabbit pellets. And I was like, whoa. I'm looking at this thing. I swear to you, I was going to send you a picture. I swear <laughs> to God. I was so excited. Did oh, you take dude, a I was like, I should have oh, sent it to me. Oh my God. Really? I should have? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I want to see that. i'm oh no you wouldn't i was just like whoa and it was floating and everything i said you know that doctor was it big
6: or was it regular size
0: oh no it wasn't regular size it was nice size Ah. but regular nothing crazy and then i said boy that dr agus knows his business he he told me stay the course just relax he says you're not gonna end up like ronnie pulling shit out of your ass
7: Uh, Do you think just you know, hearing he say, that helped you? Like just uh, maybe, pep talk? I maybe think psychologically. all the talk
6: yesterday on the show too <laughs> yeah. helped. Yeah,
0: I, you and know what, Robin? You're straight. not wrong because I remember. It's I was scared straight, like in those uh, TV shows. I was like, <laughs> you know, to keep those kids out of prison. Exactly. I was like, I felt oh like my a, you god, felt
5: like a new man, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. I, and I, you know what? I could even feel as I'm sitting here, something getting ready for when the show is over. So, you know, after my after my, Cor- after, after my James Corden after my James Corden, yeah, after my James Corden interview, I think I'll be ready for in, number two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it was pretty good. So thank well, I'm God.
6: happy for you, because yeah, that's incredible. You
0: know, no one was happier than me, man. I went for a nice walk with my wife, like, smiling, all giddy. <laughs> <laughs> all why you, why you yeah. were so happy? No, I was just like, hi, honey. Put my arm around her, we're walking. He had some
6: his step. <laughs>
0: it was like a Metamucil commercial, you know? Like, <laughs> so now I'm all paranoid. This morning I ate uh, three crackers instead of two. Three oh no! You gotta
6: me. cut back on the crackers now. Come on.
0: Yeah, maybe I will. I, I know. Well, you know, you should have seen me at dinner the night before. I was eating apples and cucumbers because Doctor Eggert said, you know, put like a half an apple and a, and a, maybe a little bit of cucumbers and stuff added to your diet. I said, yeah, I eat all that, but I was eating fucking. I didn't want. I wouldn't want a feculent vomit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want, like, I was picturing myself pulling duty out of my ass, like Ronnie. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out if I have to do that. Robin's telling me to get gloves, and I'm like, gloves. I so did not want to walk into a drugstore. And ask them for gloves and, and, and special duty cutter and, uh, you know, and, and d- 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 whatever that shit is you told me to get Robin. The stool
4: softener. <laughs> the stool
0: softener. Can you imagine? I'm a, I'm a very famous person. Imagine Excuse me walking me, in.
6: Where are your stool softeners?
0: Excuse me, young man. No, or, or worse. Excuse me, young lady. Do, do you know where these stool softener? you know, oddly enough, in my mind, I'm still like a young kind of, hot shot dish jockey (laughs) imagine the you know the reality this young girl who's probably working at the drugstore after high school you know and she's like standing there and she sees this old geezer walk in all (laughs) disguised and uh you know she's like excuse me young lady where is my stool softener uh, aisle i'm not doing that I'd rather just fucking pass out from harsh stools.
8: <laughs> they leaked the story to TMZ that you bought stool softener? Yeah, of course. <laughs> she's she's going to be right on the phone.
0: You're not going to believe it. At first, I didn't recognize him. Howard Stern's in here buying stool softener. <laughs> oh, okay. Next thing you know, Nick Cannon has to make a special announcement to the press for me that I'm okay. and <laughs> You know. Anyway, uh yeah the duty came out. I was so fucking glad, Ronnie you scared the shit out of me with your story literally
4: so, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, didn't, I did not wanna go through it I'm not gonna i'm not I was like you know you just gotta you gotta suck it up and have a movement here get to business. get down at work
6: and it didn't was take it? any extra effort no. or anything.
0: It was a big build up, yeah Robin, like uh, I see, yeah. Like, I mean, like, oh, yeah. I was, like, pacing and, like, because I, I didn't know what, you know, I didn't want to actually start pushing too early. I had a whole right. strategy. You start pushing too early, you could blow the whole thing. I was just like, let this thing fall out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> was it, like, an I okay was color? To Did it look, like, dehydrated yeah, or anything? No, Did no, it looked look, great. Yeah. It looked great. I'm telling you. Just like the awesome. Olsen. Yeah. Thank you. We're back. Yeah, well, there was a
6: lot of Ready a lot for Miami. consultation yeah. to produce that, <laughs> yeah. Howard.
0: Yeah. You should be thanking people. Well, I'd like to first and foremost thank Robin, who gave me some nice <laughs> advice. I want to thank Ronnie for Duty scaring me. me straight. I want to thank this special thanks to God, always, first and foremost. <laughs> also, Dr. Agus, absolutely, who told me to stay the course. My nutritionist, too. I want to thank her, who said cucumbers and apple and uh other uh, thank you. uh thank variety you. of thank fruits you. and vegetables thank you, thank you. i want to thank uh, uh i want to thank uh, water yes thank you thank oh you oh my man. god i was thank so you. i got up five times last night to pee because i'm drinking so much water uh, and of course uh, actually first and foremost metamucil i must bow to you <laughs> and thank you so much i almost forgot metamucil what the fuck Makes is the a wrong village image? <laughs> village to thank you thank you thank you yeah. thank you now, thank the only you. thing i want to say is i hope i don't relapse I oh,
4: hope uh,
6: ah, yes thank you well so. you better stay the course you know just to make sure
0: i can tell robin already i think something's going to be happening later oh okay all right. right all right yeah i feel like i won an oscar it was so exciting <laughs>
8: you're smiling with pride like i can see yeah. that on your face i'm <laughs> pretty
0: happy about it yeah i'm wolfie yeah, uh, I'll sh- I'll shit in Miami. You can take a look at it.
8: Oh, I'd love to. That'd, <laughs> be, in the that, that'd be an honor.
0: <laughs> Gee, you know what? Just like the Oscars, I just committed a big faux pas. I forgot to thank my wife. Want to thank my right. wife? Yeah, a lot of guys oh, do. Yeah, want to thank Beth. You didn't thank God either. He did. I th- didn't oh thank no, Beth. he got that. No, in. He did. I said it first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, the other thing people are calling me, talking to me about. They for some reason. Oh, I want to thank my agent, Don Buckwald. You know, I think, I just... I think your mom too. Oh, and how my mom. about serious
6: XM? <laughs> you forgot them?
0: Oh, Sir- Jennifer Witts over at Sirius XM, Scott Greenstein, <laughs> the whole team,
6: <laughs> uh,
0: who like understood I was going through a lot and backed off. They they knew they knew to give me the room. <laughs> Very generous of them. Uh, anyway, uh, the other thing people are asking me about, and I, look, I'll give you a life lesson that I've learned. Uh by the way, uh, if you notice, I didn't thank Fred. He was no help during the whole thing. <laughs> during the whole deal. He didn't call in and write did and tell me, give me any advice. So, Fred, you get no thank you. Um, anyway, people are calling me about this, uh, Tucker Carlson, like, you know, gee, what do you think? And what do you think? I said, listen. From what I understand, I don't, I mean, I don't know what goes on over there at Fox News, but from what I understand is there's a woman suing Fox News, Uh, her name is like Amy Hamburger or something, or Grossberger, Amy Grossberger, all I know is she was
6: one of his producers. Imagine my name was
0: like Howard Grossberger, like I got the (laughs) shit beaten out of me growing, yeah, like imagine also, hey Grossberger.
6: Look, anyway, Grossberger.
0: oh look who it is, Grossberger, the new <laughs> kid here. <laughs> I can imagine too when I lived in the black neighborhood. What's your what'd you say your name was, Grossberger? <laughs> Snap! Oh, dude, they're never getting laid. Yeah, her name was like Amy Grossberger. I was watching MSNBC. They were talking and they, they were talking to her, they had an exclusive interview with her and. She was saying she was uncomfortable over there, you know, working with the Tucker Carlson show and uh, things weren't cool or whatever. But I don't know exactly why they fired him, but it's a good life lesson because you got to always remember. And I swear to you, you know, I've been a big money earner for radio companies for a long time now. But there's one thing I never forget. My boss is... Super wealthy. Like if you work for Rupert Murdoch, you know that motherfucker's got so many billions. That as important as Tucker Carlson might be to the Fox network, he will fire your ass if you're a pain in the ass. Because at the end of the day, you are a fly on his asshole. You're nothing because he's still going to have billions upon billions upon billions of dollars and own a giant corporation. And, you know, you cannot fuck up. You can only push them so far. Now, I'm a guy who's pushed my... Like, when I was at NBC, I pushed management pretty far, but I didn't care. I was like, you know what, fuck them. Let them fire me. Which was probably arrogant and stupid. Not probably, very arrogant and stupid. But one thing I know, like, I know who owns Sirius XM. I know who the guy is on top. And that guy owns, like... I think he owns entire states in the United States. <laughs> he doesn't need me. I'm here at his. Uh, what do they call that, Robin? I'm here at his. Oh, God. What is the term? Service. Ple- pleasure. 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 Thank you. Gary. Yeah. yeah. I'm here at his pleasure. I'm here at his behest. <clears throat> you know, I know at the end of the day, my man. Is my master. And I like working at Sirius XM, So, you know, I could bust balls, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I'm worthless. And I always have that in the back of my head. It's a very healthy thing to know that you're actually worthless and a moron. My father told me that. In the major scheme
6: of things. You That's know, right. If you're not the guy at the top, yeah, you're not you're, worth anything. You're
0: a worker. You're a worker. They like me. You know, Sure, I bring in subscribers and everything. But at the end of the day, they got plenty of dough. And Tucker Carlson, you know, the guys like uh, Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, the thing they forget is that they're another brick in the wall. You ever hear a song called Brick in the wall? All in all, just another brick in the wall. It's a brilliant song. That's what you are. You're a worker bee. I'm a worker bee. Yeah, you know, they pay me well and everything, but I'm sick. I don't let it for a minute do I think I'm more important. And the man who owns this place. He is my Lord and Savior.
6: But those guys, they, they're the kind of guys, you know, I don't know Tucker calls them from anything, but in general. You
0: don't? You never dated think, him back in the day?
6: No. no. Uh, they think, now I have my own little power base. And in my power base, I'm going to do whatever I want. In fact, he used to say that nobody can tell him what to say. You know, like if somebody comes along and tries to tell him what to say, he's like, (laughs) I'm a a talk show host. Nobody can tell me what to say. Well, trust me. get get to say my own opinions.
0: Trust me. Rupert Murdoch, he'll tell him what to say.
6: Oh, absolutely. That's the point.
0: Get in here, boy. (laughs) <laughs> That's my Australian. Know, what kind act. of That's Australian. <laughs> get in here, boy! <laughs> but uh, you know, you do something to piss those guys off, they'll get rid of you. I don't care how important you think you are. But well,
6: whatever. they said that one of Rupert's, you know, Rupert Murdoch's family, I guess, really is like Succession, that TV show, because uh, Lachlan Murdoch, Lackland, left, yeah, left, Lackland, Lackland, Grossberger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lachlan left the family business for a while. He was so disgusted with yeah. all the talk, you know, the stuff that was going on around Trump you know, and whatever that was. He was just like, I can't be a part of this business anymore. So he left and went off on his own Maybe.
0: and he came I mean, running
6: back, didn't he? Well, apparently they must have asked him back or he asked back because he's <laughs> they back. Asked him
0: back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen.
6: but Let me the tell thing you something. is, wait yeah. a minute. The thing is that he's the guy who has the scruples. Right. Like if he doesn't like something, he'll get rid of you. And so he's the guy apparently who made the call on Tucker Carlson.
0: Oh shit. If Rupert Murdoch was my dad. I'd go along with every crazy fucking thing he's up to. <laughs> I'd be, I'm all in, man. Forget it. I, my integrity would go right out the window. And go, you this guy's sitting on a, where
6: your bread is butter. Oh,
0: fuck. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> where am I going to do without him? I'll go. Yeah, dad. No problem. Oh, I'm hanging on his every word. Listen here. We're going to, we're going to get this Americans to believe that the election was rigged. Um, okay, dad. No problem. <laughs> No problem. Any fucking crazy thing you want to do, I'm in on. Don't worry about it. You know, I'll help you pull the shit out of your
4: ass.
0: (laughs) I was, uh, I told you this a million times, but uh, I only hung with uh, Rupert Murdoch one time up in his office. I was scared shitless. That dude's a scary (laughs) dude. I behaved myself. I'll tell you, I went up there with my agent. Uh They wanted me to take over their late night television franchise. Joan Rivers Uh, wasn't pulling. Yeah. Joan Rivers evidently wasn't pulling enough audience. Right. So they were going to bring an old Howie here and let me take over the franchise. And I don't know. After that visit to his office, I went, I don't think I'm going to stay on the radio. That <laughs> was scary shit. I mean, I'm up in there. He had that whole thing going on in his office. First of all, he had a bunch of Australian dudes there with him who were going to be my producers. Ah. Uh. And he was, And Rupert just sits there and he's got four televisions behind his head. Yeah, yeah, on the couch. I mean, there's a couch and four televisions on the wall, one with NBC, one with CBS, one with ABC, and then one with Fox. And he monitors what's going on on each network at any given time. And then the Australian dudes are all sitting there with him, and they're like, you don't understand a fucking thing any of them are saying. It's like they might as well be speaking a completely foreign language. And he goes, finally, when he spoke to me, he was like, it's going
6: to be great. These are your guys.
0: And I went, oh, shit. None of them even really speak English like that I understand. And really, do
6: they know you? I mean, what's going on here? Here's your head writer, Dingo Joe.
0: Great guy. (laughs) Dingo Joe. (laughs) Why they call him Dingo? You don't know what a dingo is. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think I'll just stay on this stupid radio. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't going well i got real nervous because i was like you know i gotta have the australian producer and i got nothing against an australian producer when we were at america's got talent i had a bunch of uh british uh, people working with us and i have no problem but i got these particular guys i didn't understand what they were saying i'm not i'm not bullshitting you i had no fucking clue i said to my agent <laughs> you couldn't
6: know. understand a word
0: I said, I feel like I'm in a fucking uh, crocodile Dundee remake. I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get the Outback years. I go, okay. What, what am I, a pirate? Hey, Ro. And I'm like, this is gonna be some late night show. Here's your showrunner, Kangaroo Kennedy? Kangaroo Ken and Dingo Joe.
6: You know, yes. five weeks ago they gave uh, Joan Rivers this song and dance.
0: Yeah, I was like, fuck this. I said, didn't, like, Joan's husband commit suicide after, like, working on that yeah. show? Yeah, I was like, fuck, man. I don't know. I want to live. You know what this show needs? What's that? More boomerangs. <laughs> boomerangs? <laughs> yeah. And shrimp on the barbie. Your show needs more dudes <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, I was bullshitting with those guys, and I and I, and they were out bullshitting me. I knew, I knew, I just knew it wouldn't work out. He's your engineer. He's an original aboriginal. He's an aborigine. That's right. He lives in the deep back. Deep back what?
6: Deep back as the outback.
0: <laughs> Whatever. You
6: know you didn't understand anything. <laughs> <there>. No. <laughs>
0: hey, this is a pretty nice office. Oh yeah? Hop in my pouch and I'll give you a <laughs> tour. <laughs>
6: I don't know. I went and in the, the thing meeting. about Rupert Murdoch is he has one of those offices in several countries. So when he is in England, he's got all the British stations behind him. And in Australia, he's got all well, the Australian stations behind
0: him. I had a feeling like he didn't really even know who I was. Like he had heard that I was a big yeah. ratings grabber in the United States. and You know, so I didn't know what was going to be. And I went, this is just, this. Is, this is scary. And then. I had like I had hardly any rap because they were like,
8: What are you gonna do when you get the show? And I was like, mm.
0: Well, uh <laughs> I went <laughs> like I saw the show the other night and you had a guy on who had the world's largest pumpkin. That's right, we saw that. I go, yeah. I said, Well, uh, I guess I'd uh I bust his balls about that pumpkin. And they go, uh Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> you know, something like that. I had nothing. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys know what I do. or <laughs> So I, I politely turned it down. But man, when you go into Rupert Murdoch's office, you realize he holds the power and he's the man. And you got to behave yourself. I mean,
6: and he's you know, it's not like he might not like your material or anything, but any irritation, he might just throw you out.
0: Well, yeah, they, I knew, I kind of figured, like, I'm sure if I take over their late night franchise, the first three months are going to be real rocky because people who like Joan Rivers, and once they get a load of me, I'm going to have to build a whole new audience. And I'm like, I don't think they're going to give me three to four months to build an audience here. They're going to be, what's the Jew fella doing now? I go, well, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm building an audience. Building an audience, you lost half a Jones audience.
6: (laughs) I was reading something and they said that Tucker Carlson didn't have any major, uh, sponsors, but he was (laughs) so good with his three million strong audience at selling to, you know, the, the whole franchise and getting, uh, people to pay attention and come on and do whatever else they do as a business it had nothing to do with advertisers necessarily it was more with that three million and what it could do for them when it was time to negotiate cable contracts you're taking over Howard.
0: it's going to be great they kept telling me it was going to be great and i knew it wouldn't be great
6: yeah they said Is the same it? thing to Joan. No. <laughs>
0: Here's your new secretary. She's one-third koala bear. Really? <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. It would have been cool. Like, my ego was kind of stroked. I was really excited that, you know, they wanted me to be the you know late-night guy going up against Johnny Carson the whole thing. I mean, I was like, wow, right. I've come a
6: long way. And then I went, you know the fuck am I doing here? I mean, But the I, door had been swinging. It was Chevy Chase. It was man. Joan. It was a couple of guys from Canada. You know, it was like crazy over there. and
0: I, I just figured, like, I think I'm not really communicating well with the guys from Australia. They might have a different concept than me. So, in the long run, it all worked out. I was smart. I, I, you know. But but my, my getting back to my point, what I didn't mean to get into my story, I meant to say you know, you gotta play the game. I hate to tell people this because I've talked to college kids who are going into broadcasting. Like once in a yeah. while, I'll do that. And, um, they'll say to me, man, we want to be like you. You know, you're a rebel. You're this, you're that. And I go, yeah, I'm a rebel to a point. I know I still got to work for someone. I got to fit into an organization. I can't, I can't go completely berserk. Like I'm, you know, I can't start pulling out my own feces on the air. Although I have <laughs> done that, <laughs> but I did it with class. <laughs> you know so i tell the kids you got to still play the game you got to you know you got to realize you're answering to the man we all have a boss very few people don't in this world
6: uh, you know, yeah the we, boss he doesn't have a boss
0: <laughs> yeah the, the actual boss doesn't have a boss <laughs> like i'm thinking about this i can name a few people who don't, like rupert murdoch doesn't really have a boss i mean uh
6: you know, he has to deal with governments and their regulations yeah. and licenses and all of that stuff, but they right. can't fire him.
0: No, no one's firing Jeff Bezos at this point does not have a boss. You know, he's right. the boss. If I'm, if I'm, if I got a deal with Amazon, I know at the end of the day, Jeff Bezos does not need me. He wants me. He'll buy me. He'll, you know, I'm, I'm a shiny object that he can buy, but you know. really weird. Like for a long time, Mel Carmison was our boss. And then all of a yeah. sudden Sumner Redstone was Mel's boss. That's right. He acquired a boss somehow. Then it turned out Sumner Redstone had no boss to what he wanted.
6: Yeah. everybody had you know i used to love like remember when he had three different guys running different divisions you know les had one and and all of them were you know like oh we gotta we gotta please sumner redstone don't be like the boss we got if sumner's happy then we're happy yeah
0: i was good friends with uh brad gray rest in peace brad but he used to tell me he like once or twice a year because he was running Paramount Studios and you're like, yeah. Man, he's the man, he's the boss. Oh no. He had to go down and go to Sumner Redstone's dinner two times a year at least. And let's face it, bend over and take it in the ass. I mean not literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, Yeah, I gotta go do I go, How horrible is that? He goes, No, 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 no. You know, he was he was a nice guy. He was like, Oh no, yeah. no, no, it's fine. And I could see the look on his face. <laughs> I mean, you got it you what did bob dylan say robin you got to serve everybody serve somebody or something like that yeah yeah pretty good line uh anyway i got to take a break i didn't realize it's uh 8 30 already um yeah james corden's gonna come by uh a little in a little bit and gonna try and celebrate his career the guy's walking away from uh that late night franchise i don't know what's going on in the late night i gotta have a serious discussion with him if you're uh I, I'm a I'm a fan of late night television. The history of late night television. I love the I love the behind the scenes stuff. But it's my impression that doing a late night show j- has just become a pain in the ass for him. I, I have my theories, and I'm going to ask him my theories, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. I want him to come in here in a serious manner and answer my questions, James Corden. But we will celebrate his career. He, uh, uh, James Corden, when he first got the job. Well, you know what? I'll wait till he comes in here. You, I, I don't need. I don't need to go into it now. When he comes in, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. But uh, James Corden is walking away from late night television. I think it's a mistake. But now I'm starting to think maybe it's not. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll tell you my theory when he's here. Okay. Yeah. I do want to mention Zip Recruiter, Robin. You love when I do this, uh, Zip Recruiter. Are you hiring but struggling to find qualified candidates? Find yes. gr- you are. Okay. Well there you go. Find great candidates. You know, uh, I know some people who were applying for Tucker Carlson's job through ZipRecruiter, actually. <laughs> uh ZipRecruiter, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash one hundred. I tell you the truth, I would not want to be the guy to follow Tucker Carlson. He had a big audience with those guys. I mean, uh, you you know, you want to uh well, follow a guy who big had a big
6: audience. Hit? The audience was literally three million. Yeah, that's a huge audience. That's huge in and cable. cable news. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. yeah, you can't laugh at that. I read that um, Richard Lewis, the comedian, says he now has Parkinson's disease. According, oh. Oh, according to the New York Post, I got real sad about that. He's a. Yeah. It's not like he's on death's door. He said that. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna retire from. I saw the New York Post headline was. Richard Lewis says, I'm finished. And I thought, oh, God, it must be really serious. But it, the, the headline was, I'm finished. But what he was saying, because I, I got the clip, he's saying he's finished with stand-up, but he's going to continue mm. working on his TV stuff with, uh, uh you know, with the, the guy. That guy Larry. That Larry David, yeah. Yeah. So, um you know the guy. Anyway.
12: <laughs> is he the guy?
0: <laughs> anyway, Richard is one of the sweetest guys in the world. We used to have him on the show all the time. Funny, funny guy. And I uh, was really sorry to see you had Parkinson's. It was so fucking depressing. You go, wait a second. Are we all getting so old? Are people having Parkinson's? Good Lord. And here's Richard saying, well, I don't know. If it's a depressing clip. Maybe I don't feel like hearing it.
6: What? I didn't well,
0: hear. It's just him saying he's got...
6: Parkinson's.
0: Parkinson's. I mean... Ooh,
6: well, sucks. you know, it it mm, I don't know I don't know what his particular case is, but you know they have a lot of treatments now for for yeah. things like that. So I don't know how he's doing or what he's doing.
10: And here he is. Two years ago, I started walking a little stiffly. I was shuffling my feet, and I went to a, a neurologist, and they gave me a brain scan, and I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. But luckily, I got
0: oh now all day I'm going to walk around thinking I have Parkinson's disease.
6: Well, you're not this shuffling. Is, Stop it. Uh,
0: you I don't know. I just walked to the bathroom. I looked like I was shuffling a little bit. <laughs>
10: <laughs> got it late in life, and they say you progress very slowly, if at all, and I'm on the right meds, so I'm cool. So I guess I just wanted you to know that that's where it's been at. I'm, I'm finished with stand-up. I'm just focusing
0: on writing. And- See, you said, I'm finished, but he said, I'm finished with right. stand-up. But
6: he, The he, post left out the yeah. end of the sentence.
0: Got me okay. to read it. And acting. <laughs> Anyway, I won't play the rest. Uh, you know, and then the, uh, I'm sorry to say, I thought he was dead already. But uh, Harry Belafonte is dead.
6: No, Harry and, Belafonte uh, just died.
0: Just died, and he was, uh, you know, I, I was uh, I know the song "Dale." You know, we used to always sing. Dale, Dale, Dale. What's that line? De-o. Come, oh, come, me and want me want to go home.
6: home. There's no tote Me, me want go
0: home. Me want to go home.
6: No, me will go home. Me will go
5: home. Me won't go home. <laughs> me won't go home. <laughs> Dale, me will <won't> go home.
0: <laughs> he doesn't even bother with all the words. But it was a big hit song for him. He didn't write that song. No. But uh, his real name, believe it or not, was not Harry Belafonte. It was Harold George Belenfonte. Why would you change it to Belafonte?
6: Because I when... guess people kept leaving out that in.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, he got uh, tired
6: of adding it.
0: The only story I have about Harry Belafonte is, uh, I, har- I hired Gary Della to be my producer.
9: the De- 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 Bate?
0: Yeah. And, uh, Gary got a letter addressed to him. Gary Belafonte.
9: Gary De- De- <laughs> and, and
0: it was, and it was delivered to our office. Which was pretty funny. No one could Barry say that Belly fucking name.
9: Fonte.
6: Well, there was also a character you had that was based on um,
0: Mama Lucia F- F- Yeah,
6: that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that came from a Harry Belafonte song.
0: Gary Double Latte.
8: <laughs> Gary de la Bicho.
0: Anyway, uh, I could tell you that he was known as the King of Calypso. He brought Caribbean music to the mainstream. His biggest hit was "Deo." The banana boat song and uh yeah we knew this song mama look a boo-boo day and, shut um, your
6: mouth go away mama look a boo-boo
0: day, day. <laughs> right on thank god the beatles came along and changed music
6: <laughs> well uh, thank god that harry got to introduce that before the beatles came along otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it
0: here's my producer robin baba belafonte <laughs> uh, the album was the first album to sell a million copies it topped the charts for 31 weeks and also he's, he won three Grammys including the Lifetime Achievement Award was the first black performer to win, win an Emmy won a Tony was honored by the Kennedy Center and just last year was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame hmm. by the way what? you'll be pleased to know that OJ on his Twitter feed Sang a little bit of Deo Oh come on He was celebrating the nice long life Of Harry Belafonte Isn't it wonderful <laughs> when someone has a full life A long life That's to <laughs> be celebrated
6: Is that that's a big achievement <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah especially if you know OJ Anyway here's OJ <laughs> With his tribute to Harry
10: Belafonte Deo Deo They like <laughs> commands They want to go home God bless Harry Belafonte. I'm just saying. Take care. He's just saying.
0: Daylight in, I wash my knife. <laughs> you know what's nice about Harry Belafonte? His life wasn't cut short, he oh. lived his life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm just saying.
6: <laughs> I'm um. just saying.
0: Harry Belafonte too big activist always stood up for people uh, did a stint in big the navy. Big friend
6: of uh, Martin Luther King and big friend of Martin Luther King and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, let's face it, good looking dude, a lot of Great charisma there.
6: Dude, yeah. yeah. Look
0: at you. Okay, calm down over there.
6: I saw it right. once. Uh,
0: you you were swooning. I remember that.
6: Well, it was later in life. I <laughs> so what? <laughs> and I was just like, wow. I, I mean I looked at him like he was a monument or a statue. Uh, I didn't say anything right. to him. I was uh, I didn't go you know, he was waiting in the lobby uh, of mm, uh ah, K Rock oh, for something. Yeah. He yeah, right. was well, looking for you, I think. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just was like, Wow, there's Harry Belafonte. Thank you,
0: OJ, for the beautiful tribute. I just
10: want to say-
0: Daylight come and Nicole never coming home.
6: <laughs>
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: I'm just saying. Nicole's in her
0: grave, oh, grave, oh. Nicole in her grave and she not coming home. Grave, oh, grave, oh. Daylight come and I take off in the Bronco Day Lo Grave The Colin runner in the
7: grave.
0: Nice tribute. Now I play the golf all day (laughs) living his best life. Wow. Okay, O.J., nice tribute. Way to uh, keep yourself uh, out there and having people thinking about you.
4: Still
6: adding to his days.
0: Yes. I'm you just saying. Time. I know, I know.
10: I'm it's just hard. saying.
0: Hey, you did your time. We get it. Everything's fine. Uh, What else? Well, who's oh. laughing now? I'm looking at the time. I got to take a break and I'm um, going to celebrate James Corden talk about some of the things he did in late night and what the fuck his plan must be
6: yeah uh, I mean how long is he is he moving right away or is he staying what's the plan what's he got lined up
0: I'm going to convince him to stay Uh, you'll see Uh, James Corden uh, he's walking away from it all his empire he says screw it fuck it I have more to do in life James, so good to see you uh, here we are celebrating um you 're going to we 're going to celebrate your career today you um you 're doing <laughs> this wild thing where you 're leaving but we 're going we 're going to talk about it. but first of all, you know, as I was playing oasis, I thought maybe your legacy is that you really love musicians and music because I was thinking about you you really have done something great for musicians with the carpool karaoke featuring the singing and their music and celebrating it in a different way and i think that comes out of your love for these guys you know like adele and mariah carey and i don't know who else i mean there's so many people
1: you did right i mean yeah that had to be a joy you know well i think that's yes i well i love i love music and i love but I think it's. I think that's all. I think fundamentally, at the end of the day, that's really all you've got is love and music. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you're really, like my friend, a good friend of mine, my friend Jez, because uh, I don't want to take the credit for this, he's got a great thing where he says, uh, he goes, "If you're really, really lucky, if you are amongst the luckiest people on earth, you are born into a cocoon of love, right, by your parents and your family for about five years, and that's if you're lucky." he goes, and and lots of people aren't, for about five years, you then go to school, you're sent to school, and one way or another, like physically or metaphorically, the shit gets beaten out of you, (laughs) somehow at school, you spend the next 35 years trying to prove to whatever happened to those people at school or around that time that they were wrong and look what you've achieved. And then you wake up one day and you realise that you're decaying with every passing hour, and you're going to die. And he goes, and fundamentally, all you've got is love and music, and that's it. And that's, that is, and he says that all the time.
0: Thank you for saying it. I think that sums it up perfectly. That is life. Mm. Maybe you're happy for those first, but I remember being happy at five for like a second, and then school just beat the shit. Everything, be- life just beats the shit out of you. And the, I remember the only thing like in high school, it, it was like the Beatles and the Stones and sitting in my room listening yeah. to music. It really was the salvation.
1: And Well, I also think it's why uh, we have such an intimate relationship with musicians and artists. Like you, I'm sure, as, as I have been fortunate enough to be. Out publicly with artists who mean a great deal to people. And look, you are, you've been famous for decades and you are beloved and people adore you and yet they love you. But there is a, there is a difference in the way that people behave with musicians or even, or how they behave with actors, broadcasters, presenters, hosts, comedians, anyone, because there is a personal connection. That happens with music and songs where fundamentally it feels like sometimes I think like those songs are there with you in your in your most private moments. It feels like sometimes you've had a feeling where you think, well, this is particular to me. No one's ever felt the way I feel right now. And then you put on a song by someone who maybe, you know, maybe passed away a hundred years ago. And it's like they reach out a hand and go, no, I know exactly how you feel. And that's why there's a, there is a there is a thing with people and, and musicians which can become... But you always see, like, musicians and artists have this kind of, sometimes these huge security things, and you're like, no, I get it. Because people go, no, 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 they get me, and they understand me, and they know me, and I know them, and it's a different thing. And I've always considered it a great privilege to be around any musician because i i I really hold them in such high regard because i think you really are shedding such an amount of yourself it's the same as any artist really you know painter sculpture anyone essentially you are taking off your clothes and going this is who i am this is how i feel which i don't always think is the way in fact actors are one step further removed from that where they're going you won't see who i am i'm going to play somebody else you know
0: that is such a heavy thought. I've always said musicians have a different fame than any famous yeah. person. They're on a different level. They touch people a different way. And you're right. I see the difference. And yeah. I, I, it's and concerts are like going to
1: church. I mean, it is a but universal thing. that's exactly thing. what it is. Yeah.
0: And, and, and well, have you found...
1: Yeah, Prince. Go ahead. We are gathered here today to celebrate this thing called life. I mean, that is like, is there, is there a greater, is there a greater embodiment of, of an artist who, who essentially took his, his fan base and these people who, and I'm one of them. Like I was a fully signed up member of the new power generation when I was at school. Like this is an artist who just made people be like, Oh my. God, he's there. It is. It's a. It's a. A church-like experience. It's. It's extraordinary. I mean, go walking down. When we shot that carpool karaoke with Paul McCartney, walking down Penny Lane and going in the barber shop and all those things was the most surreal experience. Like, because obviously, when you're filming stuff, you're so conscious of like, are we getting enough stuff? Are we? Is this? You know, is this? Fun? Is this working? Is this going? Will this be in the edit? What do I need to? You know what I mean? You're trying to always think about those things but like i'd heard the, the phrase that when people say oh and traffic just stopped and I, i'd never seen it i'd never seen it without a without the police or an ambulance or a fire truck <laughs> going stop like this was just i would say 50 cars stopped no one's beeping their horns and people were coming up to him not asking him for selfies not you know, no sort of quips or comments. People just wanted to thank him. Like, people coming up and going, thank you. Thank you, you've been there with me. You know, there was, there's a guy, I think it's even in the Finnish Carpool, where he, the only thing he can say is, we played your music at my brother's funeral. And it's like, you were there with me. It is an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary fame that those people have. Which, it I, is. which I, I admire and I have sympathy for in equal measure, really.
0: Yeah, they're like, um I, I wrote a paper in high school about how the Beatles were like prophets, but I meant in a religious sense. Like, to me, music yeah. touched me more than religion. And I had a lot of religious training, and it never meant a thing to me. I didn't even relate to it. But, oh, my God, when the Beatles would say something, just, oh. whether it's about love or life or, you know, anything, it just seemed powerful, you know.
1: But it's the same thing. I wonder if you, I wonder if you could go back in time and remove the music from church, whether it would have the same power. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not a chance. Because just there is something happens. There's a, there's a chemical reaction that, that that comes, whether it's, whether it's gospel music, whether it's hymns, whether there is something, there is a reaction within you. You You know? know?
0: I interviewed Charlie Puth and he is so good at explaining why certain a brilliant guy like he explained why certain chords in certain people's songs give you those chills that literally produce the chills in your body like there's a chemical reaction based on how you do it Uh, it was the best explanation i ever heard of that whole thing you know
1: well he's extraordinary when when you see him build a song my son is pretty obsessed with him uh, and the way that he has essentially let their fans into the studio and seeing him like build a song my son is just like he's enthralled by it and i get it it's incredible i'm just in awe of anybody that has that talent to be like no i can make you feel like this and you're like oh wow you did you know, and because
0: you've become friends, you know, as a result of doing I I know you knew Adele, for example, for a long time and you and you have a personal friendship with her and like Harry Styles, you become friendly with him. Mm. You went on vacation. I can't I, I can probably do a whole show with you on just that vacation and what it was like to go on vacation <laughs> with Harry Styles, because to me, it would be just <laughs> surreal. I, I would see that as a lot of pressure. But uh I'll, I'll come back back to that in a minute. But the, the, the funny thing is that and, and tell me if I'm right about this musicians have such a different kind of fame that they're so insulated. In other words, like you said, even actors, you got to go on a movie set and behave a certain way because you're working with a director and you're working with other actors. Musicians are totally insulated. They create their own world. They go on tour. They play by their own rules. They don't really have to come into reality at all if they don't want to. So even the behavior becomes sometimes bizarre, or sometimes it's just such a weird reality they live in because they actually don't have to answer to anybody.
1: You know what I'm talking about? I do. I think it's a really, there's a really interesting, um, so Chris Chris Martin tells a story where, um, which I, I, I can't, it, it was in one of the, you know, one of the kind sort of profiles about the band and when they were on tour, I think this is right, they were on tour in America supporting U2. And the song yellow was kind of really blowing up at home. Like I think it had gone from in the days where you'd go from, oh, it was 35 in the charts to 17 to nine to three, you know? And, and they would suddenly be moved up the bill in different festivals that they were playing that summer. And they're so they're supporting you too. And Chris says, um, he said to Bono, he said, I feel like, I feel like things are starting to change for our band and I think when we get home, it's going to feel a bit different. Have you got any advice? And Bono says to him, if you find yourself consistently night after night going for dinner and everyone around the table is on your payroll, you might have become a prick. (laughs) and i thought it was really good and like that was his piece of advice for so i think the, the the best artists in the world are the artists who remain a citizen of of planet earth like i can remember i can remember going to a party before the late late show had launched um we really couldn't get guests on the show ever and so various people were like you should go to this party or go to this event because there'll be people there, and I get it. It is so much of it's about a personal connection. So I'm I'm at this party, and it is, like, this is before the show's launched. I think I've got the show, but it's where a few months out, maybe 12, 13, 14 weeks, something like that. And I go along to this party, and it is, everyone's there, and I don't really know anyone. I knew a couple of old friends from London who I'd seen, and I'm sort of just hanging out, and Prince arrived, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, (gasps) i I just it was inconceivable to me that i would just be i just couldn't believe like he's he's walked through like we're in a party it's not like we're in an award show or anything like that and anyway prince goes over and sits in the corner of this room right in the corner and i can see these various people go off and they'd walk out into the party and they'd get people and they'd say prince would really like to meet you would you come over and they'd go over and sit like this and i'm watching this happen for a, a good 45 minutes or whatever. And then I look to the middle of the dance floor and Paul McCartney is pogoing in the middle of the dance floor with his daughter Stella. And I just thought, what's the difference here where this is two people who, which, any room they are ever in, ever in, are the most famous, iconic artists. There is not a room in the world that these two these two artists are not at the top of the tree, and one is in the corner, almost felt like he was trying to hide from the party, and one is just dancing in the middle. And I said this to Paul once, I said, I'll never forget it. And I said, what do you think that is? What's the difference? And and Paul said, you've got to remain a citizen of planet Earth. He said, you can't, he said, you've got to remain Person, he said, you've got to understand that there's attacks on this phenomenal life, and that is going to be people stopping you, maybe harassing you, all those things. But once a week, twice a week, you can't be going through kitchens of hotels. And he wasn't saying this to me like this would ever be my life. He was just saying, you know, you've got, I, I said, I, when I'm in London, I walk to the same coffee shop. And he said, and actually, what you find is if you can't st- start doing things at the same time every week, Lots of people, most people, do things the same time every week. They get the shopping on a Thursday. This is where they go for, get their breakfast. So you start, and you you become less of a, oh, my God. He said for the first few weeks, and he said it starts, and he was like, that, that's the most important thing to do to remain. And I I do, that's always stuck with me, seeing the image of both of them and, and that outlook, you know?
0: No, you're so right, because once you start calculating, oh, I want to look cool, I want to be the cool guy in the room or, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me. Then you're not even living your life anymore. And it's a it's a weird thing. And you become a recluse, you know, and, you know, you just. Yeah,
1: I well Yeah, I can't. But I can't imagine what it's like to have that sort of fame. I can't imagine what it's like to be like, you know, like Billie Eilish was on the show last night and we played this little clip of her playing Lollapalooza in South America. I think there was 110,000 people there. We showed this clip. It was like when you see a nature documentary and it's ants swarming around. And I was like, I don't know what you do when you go from that to that adoration to like hotel room silence to then hundreds of people outside your hotel. It's like you say, it's just a very, very, very different type of fame. And I think it's, I understand why people, why, why it kind of messes you up. I get it.
0: Me too. I've asked many a musician. I go, what is the thing with the drugs and why are you guys always getting addicted to drugs? And then he goes, you know what it's like to go and have the adrenaline rush of being on stage for two hours. And it's like, you you can't even sleep. You can't calm down afterwards. You can't go back to a hotel and just go, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to lay down. It's like, I was interviewing Jim Carrey one time. I said, uh, why'd you get divorced? He goes, what? he said, he said something like, like I was on a movie set shooting a movie and i come home and my wife's asking me to take out the garbage it was really fucking hard to make that adjustment you know you 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 you, you laugh about it but it is hard to make that adjustment
1: no well particularly if you are on that sort of treadmill all the time all the time just that's it everything you need everything you want it is i think it's yeah i think he's right i I get it it's it's it can be a a dangerous thing So wasn't it sort of annoying?
0: And I don't mean this in a funny way to go on a vacation with Harry Styles in the sense that, okay, hey, he's a nice <laughs> kid and everything, but the, the, the level of fame that kid has and the amount of women throwing themselves at, I mean, there's just a lot to deal with. If you're going to go on vacation with Harry Styles, it had to be fun in <laughs> one way, but also
1: very annoying to I, oh, I deal. Di- with. I didn't find it. I didn't find it annoying in any way because. And you, 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 you know, you've, you've spent time with him. There is like, this is going to be really, this will sound like I'm giving some sort of faux answer. I promise you. I promise you. This is the absolute truth. He is so, I just think he's so special as a human that actually you don't have any of those feelings because no bit of him. Like there is someone who wants to embrace the world that they're living in it, uh, to the absolute best that he can. And you never ever feel like that. When we went on, <clears throat> we've been on a couple of like vacations and stuff. But, and I, we, when we went on this one vacation, I made this pact where I said, I am only going to eat when you eat. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to do my, I'm going to work out when you work out and I'm going to eat when you eat. And I am going to eat what you eat, and I think it's going to have a really positive impact to, on me. He was like, "Okay, I lasted like thirty six hours," and I was like, "No, I am out. I am having, so, having." Why success. did you lose that? Why did you lose it? Because because I just went, once I've had it. Because I once I've had a drink, I am like, "Should we get some fries?" <laughs> you know, so, and I am on holiday. I am on vacation. And I, where do you I just, go, where did you like, go
0: on vacation with Harry? Start like where? What's memorable to you? Like what? Where, where did you go?
1: We went to, uh, like, around, sort of, like, uh, sort of St. Bart's, Bahamas, like, not Bahamas, St. Right. Bart's, around that sort of Grenadines, that, that kind of vibe. It was glorious. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was, it was a fun. really great trip. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. We had a big New Year's. It was great.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, do you, uh, this, may be a, 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 this is maybe, uh, maybe it's a question. I'll admit <laughs> my own, my own reality. Sometimes I don't like being with people that famous because I feel inconsequential. I'm one of those guys that does, likes to be the most famous guy in the room. Fame for <laughs> me meant, oh, my God, fame was everything for me. I felt invisible before I became famous. I, I never knock fame. I think it's a wonderful privilege to have. Uh, it gave me an identity and sometimes it is difficult. Like, I don't know that I do well going away with Harry Styles and everybody in the fucking resort is coming up and screaming his name. You know what I'm saying? Do you have well, to deal with
1: that? I, well, I, I think it's quite good for me. I think it's good. Humbled I think you. any, any time you can have a little bit of humbling is great. So I, <laughs> yeah, um, I want I no humbling. Is, <laughs> I, I don't want yeah, any, no, I'm, i I got enough humbling in my I'm head. <laughs> yeah. I'm pro humbling. So when somebody goes, when someone comes up and they'll, and this has happened quite a few times and I genuinely, I, 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 I just, I'm like, I get it. I get it. He, this is, this is, this is arguably the most famous man on the, or, you know, desirable famous man on the planet right now. And so people come up and they go, Oh my God, can, will you take a, photo can you take a photo of us and i take them go, of course and then they you're go, taking oh. the photo <laughs> yeah then they go they just go oh hi and then they take the photo and i go you look great and that's it i, hand it, I think it's very very good i think really? it's a, i think it's a positive thing in your life i do you are
0: you are so much healthier than i am because when I, i've been with people where they go hey yeah take the picture of us and i go i'm not fucking taking your picture <laughs> Yo, I, i've worked a long time in this business take my picture or nothing
1: now look but, if it was like yeah. if it was me and i'm trying to think if i'm walking down the road say with seth myers right right, it's a man i i absolutely love and someone came up and went oh my god will you take a photo of me and seth i'd be like oh wow they really they're really committed to watching nbc and they've never (laughs) flicked over once that That would be horrible i think when you're with i think when you're with harry styles but if you're with like let's say you're out with bruce springsteen right i know you know very well and someone says will you take a photo of me and bruce like it's I, I I think you have to go. Yeah, I get it.
0: Well, like for example, uh, I've known Jimmy Kimmel a long time, and and Jimmy, there, yes. there was no question when Jimmy and I would walk around when I first knew him, it, it, they wouldn't even pay attention to Jimmy. I mean, always me, <laughs> and I liked it. it. You know, I liked that right. it, it kept him humble. And then as he became more and more popular in his show, as you say, sure. you know, he started to get guests and things like that. There'd be times I would walk with him, people like looking at him and ignoring me, and I did not like it. I don't like it. I I, I say, wait a second.
1: I'm not walking with anymore. But that I get. That I understand because you're on the same curve of the clock. Whereas actually, whereas actually I think artists, you're just in a different time zone. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you're right. Like you and Jimmy Kimmel, you're between nine and 12 and actually artists (laughs) are like, three to six you know
0: (laughs) uh james i will yell at people say that's jimmy kimmel i'm howard sir now you you stop looking at him i mean that's it (laughs) i I come right out with it you know when you we talking about this musician aspect of your life and what you did with the show and 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 all the success you've had you you said there's a couple that have gotten away uh from you and the one person you always mention is paul simon and uh, me too I've always wanted to interview Paul Simon. To me, what a great songwriter. If
1: his music isn't the greatest. Most I just, crushing. I mean, I just, I adore him. And the, for me, the, the reason that we wanted to, that I really, really wanted to do it is my, I like my, my experience of. My first or earliest experience of like, singing in a car. So we always used to go on a holiday, me, my sisters, my mum and dad. We used to go on vacation to a trailer in Bournemouth, which is on the south coast of the UK. This was not a great holiday. We'd be on a trailer on a farm, uh, and one year, it we went for two weeks, and it rained. Torrential rain, and on day 10, my mum said, we're going to go home. (laughs) And the next thing she said to my dad, next year... And all my friends, everybody used to go abroad. By this point, people started going abroad in Europe and things like this. Said, next year, we're going abroad. So we then would drive. So we'd drive from our house to the coast, which was about three hours. We'd then go overnight or on or the whole day on a ferry. We, you know, you park the, car, the ferry, and then we'd drive... Nine or eleven-ish hours to the south of France. It to sounds horrible there. <laughs> well, and and in many ways, you would say. However, they are some of my most joyous memories, and an, an overwhelming memory of this was my dad, who was you know used to be a musician in the Royal Air Force. His dad was a musician. His dad was a musician, and he would play us this music. And the particular st- album of those road trips was Graceland. Um my mum would just be asleep. And the four of us would just sing every single word. And like, that's, there's a, he's got, so there are lyrics on Graceland and obviously all of his music. But for me, that album, I think might be perfect. And there's one song, you know, that's on Gumboots, where he's got a lyric where he says, you don't feel you could love me, but I feel you could, <laughs> which I think sums up how any, sort of stereotypically unattractive boy at the age of 14 or 15 feels about every girl at their school at the time. You don't feel you could love me, but I feel you could. <laughs> it's so optimistic. And what's so and brilliant about it couple, is, we've all
0: lived that. You know, we've all yeah. lived that. And he sums it up in one sentence.
1: One line. Right. In one line. How? Who hasn't said that to a girl? When they've said, I like you, but as a friend. You say you don't feel you could love me, but I feel you could. And so I had this idea where I was like, I would just give anything to drive around in a car with Paul Simon. And I had this idea that I would maybe try and surprise my mum and dad and my sisters and that we'd all get in this car and sing this song. But, uh, yeah, no, Paul, um, yeah, like you say, he's difficult. He's hard to get. He's, he's hard to get and as he should be, you know?
0: Yeah, I ran into a bathroom in a restaurant. and I'm thinking I'll just leave him alone, so that maybe he'll come on my show and think, "Hey, this guy's pretty yeah, cool." He like, you know, that was my pretty, strategies. Yeah. But of course, I leave mm. people alone, and next thing you know, they don't come on the show. I tried a couple of times <laughs> to get him on. I, I thought yeah, it would yeah, be but awesome.
1: he Paul would love to come on, but Howard ignored him in a bathroom, and he's never. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Howard was a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's unbelievable.
0: You know, when you were doing carpool karaoke all these years, were yeah. you annoyed, like? Wouldn't you have preferred if the artist would just start singing when you're in the car? In other words, you put on the music on the radio and then you, let's say, um, you know, Adele's song comes on. Like you had a, a lot of times, like even with Mariah Carey, you have to sit there and sing in order to get them to sing. Like, didn't she just want to say to them, listen, you fucking knuckleheads. <laughs> I'm in the car I don't really want to sing with you. I want to oh, no, I, mean, I
1: do though. No because I do? because that that is that's the thrill of it for me outside of it being filmed. The thrill of it for me is like like when you're in the car with you know the red hot chili peppers right so me and uh, some friends of mine my friends at home like gav tone and jay we used to drive around and like, as soon as like tone got his driving license we didn't even know where we were driving we we're just driving around we just drive around for hours from like a parking lot to a gas station to an all-night supermarket to, do you know what i mean just, we had yeah. nothing to do we had no money You're just driving, we were driving for no around. Reason. right yeah right. and we used to sing that song the zephyr song Fly away on my Zephyr. And like being in the car with them singing that song, like, and looking back at like Chad just going, I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is so insane. So for me, I think what, what, I think what you're getting at, I think, is that I have to show perhaps an over exuberance at times for. The thrill of singing these songs because look it is an uncomfortable thing for like sort of the first 10 minutes or it certainly was at the start once people knew what the bit was you know they would be like okay no, no no i know what this is but at the start these are look we've just said about these artists constantly surrounded by people makeup hair assistant security manager agent you know all these people constantly traveling in this kind of bubble around them and suddenly and this is why we couldn't get anybody to to do it suddenly here they are completely alone with someone they don't know with fixed cameras and we're just going to sing along to your songs and not even always the new stuff that you want to promote we're going to do it but we're going to start with the hits you know and so it's for the first sort of few months it was people would be like, what is this? It was probably after Stevie Wonder. When we did it with Stevie Wonder, I think that was the one that perhaps it felt like the artists had seen. And I think there is an element of legitimacy that once Stevie Wonder's done it, it's like, oh, okay. It's well, a cool thing it, to do. Yeah, I can do yeah,
0: it. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, Stevie picked up the phone and called your wife and saying, I just... I just uh, called to say I love you and you started, you know, you it's got crazy. emotional. Because it's crazy because you're sitting here and these guys are my heroes and now they're on a TV show with me and they're being kind to me. You just can't even believe it. I mean, you talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. When I had them on, I was thinking, you know, with my feelings about them, first of all, Flea is probably, I mean, maybe the top three bass players in the
1: world. I mean, th- the guys. Without the question. And I would say potential, you know, top three bass players in the world, but also when you go and see them live... The, his, his element of performance, the charisma. How many, you know, go and watch like Queen and John Deacon in Queen, who I, who I think is equal, is up there too, didn't need to perform because they, Freddie Mercury's their front man, you know, right. and this isn't like, and and, 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 you know, he would just roll along with it. Watching Flea, I went to the London Stadium to see them, I think it was last summer. And I was like, oh my God, this guy, like, I've got my eyes can't, are moving from, is over here is just jumping around his tops off fleas here flowing himself around it's 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 amazing but go on what was your i know what i'm saying that,
0: i mean i just I, I mean sitting in a car with those guys i get why you'd be somewhat just bowled over by where you'd gone in life and how far you'd come because like you i, I first of all one of the greatest drummers they have in that band and even anthony is correct it's like, I wouldn't say he's the technically greatest singer in the world, you know, but man, that guy just, I don't know, he makes a song come to life.
1: He's a front man extraordinaire. It's well, he's it's quite called, remarkable. He has something which is actually, which all of the great, all of the great performers have got, you know, Elvis and everyone before him and everyone, like, he's got this thing which is essentially, it's unquantifiable. You don't know why... You can't take your eyes off him, and that's true in, in personal life. I was in London last year. We were doing our show for a week in London, and my parents, I'd put my parents up in this hotel, and I'd gone to meet them for breakfast. And I go to meet them for breakfast, and Anthony Kiedis is sat so far in the corner, <laughs> abs- be, you know, trying to have some relative obscurity while he has breakfast, and he's all I can see, because he just, it it, it like it shines out of his Charisma. eyes. Yeah. yeah and he's not dressed like a rock star at this point he had like a sweater and a scarf on it's not like uh and yet it just you you're right it's chat you're like oh my god to be that what about james what about the um what about the stones did they ever do anything with you i don't recall them doing. <clears throat> no I, we never got yeah. we never got the stones i tried i tried very me hard yeah. i tried and i had a long I had to we had a t- I, I don't think he'd mind me saying this we had a, um it doesn't matter if he does a finish tomorrow. I'm not trying to book him right. after that. So we <laughs> 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 right, go for it. Now's your time. We had a long. We yeah. it's not really a it's not really a big. I just don't think. I, I think he'd be okay. We had a long chat about it because they were putting out a record. Maybe like, I mean, it might be five. I don't. I feel like COVID so messed with the timeline. You can't really work right. out when these are. But I think it was maybe five or so years ago. Maybe six, and. I think he was under some pressure from his record label and maybe management that they were like, look, you're putting out this record. It wasn't a traditional stones record at the time. I think he had to do one TV appearance. I think, and they, there was a lot of pressure. He was labored, like, I want to do this. And, um, I mean, for me, I just sort of, I, I'd never met him before. I couldn't, I was like, on the phone to him and I was like, you know, hey, it's just such a weird thing when you're like, when you've you, 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 sort, of, you sort of go, hey I Mick, like you won't even say his name, like, you? like you're like, I was
0: on the phone to him, you're talking about Mick Jagger, I <laughs> just, assume, but you know yeah. what I mean yes, and yeah. you're like, yeah. hey
1: Mick how, how's everything <laughs> and you're like, it's just, <laughs> it's surreal like, how I mean, am I talking to you on the phone uh, but and anyway, we had a long chat and at the end of the chat, I remember I remember saying to to Sheila, who who books i've shown diana who would book our music they would have had it go and i went i think we've got him i said i think i think he's i think we had a really good chat i explained to him how look this is a segment where it's, it's not live it's you know this is edited it's you know and uh, i was like trust me guys i think we got him." <laughs> and then, like three days later it was like yeah no he's not gonna do it <laughs> But I get it. I understand. It's like, where did he end up going? You're the Rolling Stone... Did you ever find out? No idea. See, I look into that stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I didn't even cross my mind to look into that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's so crazy. I had him on for 15 minutes. Literally, they gave me 15 minutes with him.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it it was. See, if I was Mick Jagger, he should do your show for an hour because actually, you couldn't, he could not wish for a greater more respectful interviewer than you i I just oh it would be fascinating
0: i would just love to i mean that's how i felt about bruce springsteen the guy sat with me for two hours it was and i'm going to tell you during it and i know what you're talking about i was like is this really happening right now am i sitting in a room alone with bruce springsteen i mean i know there's cameras and microphones but he's just playing to me he's staring at me he's playing he's, he's showing me how he does his magic it's, it's, it's an aphrodisiac, you know? I mean, it's like my oh God. But you could God. feel
1: that, but you could yeah. feel that because I watched, I watched that whole, uh, the, the special it was on HBO, right? I, yeah. And I loved yeah. it. But you, I could, I could see because I'm certain that there's probably people listening to this who are like, what is Howard talking about? He's a huge star. He's so famous. What do you like? But it's the truth is when you're in those moments, I went to a restaurant in New York, um, and Bruce Springsteen was sat and his back was to me and even that made me be like i said to my wife i was like "Fuck, it, that's, bruce that's bruce springsteen it's bruce springsteen he's like <laughs> i didn't even see his face i didn't see his face the whole like <laughs> it was only because someone else told me that he'd walked in before they were like that's Bruce," and like same thing i was like i'm not gonna what am i gonna do go over and say it. why what possible reason have i got to go over <laughs> no not a chance but i couldn't believe so for you i i get it i understand when you're like He's playing these songs that have been with you your whole life. You're getting an opportunity to talk. And sometimes, I don't know if you do this, you think, well, if this was an auction prize, (laughs) this would go for for so much money. (laughs) Bruce (laughs) Priestley will come to your house and he will play for you and you alone. And you'll get to ask him questions about his life. Well, I always look at it,
0: and I'm sure you do too, that with all the years you were doing this talk show and and you're featuring musicians and stuff, The overwhelming pressure is I just want them to have a good time. I really want them to walk away saying, I got my message out. I got to talk about my music. It's a tremendous pressure. It's almost like a relief when when it's all over, like, oh, my God, I I think he had a good time. You know, you just want them to really feel good about it, you know?
1: Well, I remember when we did the carpool with Bruno Mars, who's an artist that I just really love. I mean, we're talking about great entertainers. I just think he is right up there as an artist, as a writer. I just think he's incredible. And that was, and I knew that was someone where I was like, if we can get him, I know that that carpool's going to be a great time because he's just got these hits that are, at that point, you know, everybody was listening to Uptown Funk on the radio and, it, you know, And I, and I, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, but when we finished, we said, Oh, thanks, man. Bye. See you later. That was great. All those things. I've got really, I've got really down for about three or four hours where I was like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm never going to do that again. I can't believe
0: you brought that up. Do you ever have the feeling? After like you do a segment with like Bruno Mars and you spent all this time in a car and you have this close conversation, even some conversation we don't even get to hear because, you you know, you yeah. can't put everything in it. And then it's a mind fuck. You think, oh, my God, this is a I don't want to say a close friend, but I'm sure I want to I want to continue this relationship. I want to have more conversation with this person. I want to I want to get and you think there's a closeness there. And it actually isn't there like it. That's it. It, it's never. Well, that's how gonna... I feel
1: with you. That's how I feel with you every time I do your show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel like if I called Robin up and said, "Robin, let's go for dinner," she'd come. And I feel like if I called you, you'd be like, "I don't. I don't know. I've never. I've been so scared to text you. I've been so well, scared. I in my whole life. I promise you, the entire time since I moved here, because every time I've done your show, they've been amongst my favourite times. Where I, I just think, think. I just think these conferences. I think it's just. I actually think. And I, if you'll allow me to praise you for a minute, I think. I think you created what is now the success of podcasts. I think it is down to you. I really do. That's how important I think you are in the the cultural landscape of not just America but now like globally. And so that feeling that you have, I have that with you. Like I'll leave her and I will like me and Howard, we really get on, and I think we do. I'm not saying that this is fake or any of those things, but I'm like, I'd be too scared to text you and be like, hey man, how, how's well, it going? <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm like, gee,
0: you know. It, I'm working with my psychiatrist on this. Like, wouldn't it be nice if James Corden and I like went out and <laughs> we hung out and everything? And then I get scared of that. I'm like, oh, nobody wants to be with me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fucking drag. Better they don't see, you know, that I'm, I'm a drag. You know, I feel like I'm a drain. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm. Well, not I can tell that you really that wants.
1: even at your most, even at your most draining, you're still deeply fascinating and brilliant to have time to spend time with. I'm certain of that. I'm sure of it. I'm dying to ask you about sort of the dynamic of
0: late night television now that you've been in it and now that you're leaving it. Mm. And I don't know how honest you can be only because there's, I feel you're leaving because late night television isn't everything it's cracked up to be. And as great as these moments are with, you know, musicians and meeting people and all of that, it is so saturated now, late night. There's so many late night shows. And also the networks don't value them as much. In other words, you only want to make the show bigger and better. You want to have the top writers. You want to have the top producer. You want you want the thing to grow in a way that is so dynamic that the audience gets more and more turned on. And now the business is like, well, we got to cut the staff. We got to cut the budgets. We can't, James, you're wonderful, but you know what? At 1230 at night, we don't have as many uh, people watching because, let's face it, there's just, no one's awake, blah, 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 blah. And it becomes like, you know what? This is fucked up. Uh I'm not appreciated enough. They're fucking
1: with me too much.
0: They won't but put the money I, I, the, into the show.
1: That's why I, I think can only... Leaving the way that i can only tell you that that isn't my experience in any in any way whatsoever i promise you and i would tell you it, it, it just could what i that could not be more removed from my experience of of working on the network that i'm on right now on cbs it has been extraordinary and at no point it just never crossed my mind to that that was ever a thing. No one's ever come to me and said, you can't do this. I mean, look at the stuff we've done. I mean, our show more that you've got to like flying in fighter jets with Tom cruise or flying a whole cruise to Liverpool to be with Paul McCartney, or even like the bits we have going out this week or, you know, music clearances, the volume of music clearances that we have and all these things And our show. I think we're very lucky that we've been able to monetize our show outside of that traditional network model, whether that's like the spin-off shows or integrations and many of those integrations you may not even realize are integrations where we'll go and shoot something at a particular place or and then there will be integrations that you're like oh i see the bar is sponsored by heineken for this 24 month period and things like that so even things like carpool karaoke microphones and all all this stuff so i I do think we've in this time been able so we've never had i've never had a conversation with the network where they've ever said you can't do this you can't do that I'm probably the wrong person to speak to about the longevity or legacy of late night because I it's just not something I ever grew up with. So I've never right. really even looked at our show as like certainly I've never I've never looked at our show. My ego won't allow us to look at our show until we're on at twelve thirty seven. Like I remember when I told my dad what time the show was on. The <laughs> look <what>? of amusement <laughs> on his face where he was like Sorry, hang on. Twelve thirty seven a. He was like, "You well, should be called the early early show." He was like, "This is the <laughs> night." This- he was like, "You're the breakfast news is leading." He was like, and so uh, from our point of view, and and like the, our relationship with with the network, my, you know, me and George Cheeks, who's my my boss, he and I, we just like figured out my leaving. He and I, no, no agents, nothing like, and they had been very, sat in my office. They had been very patient with me, really giving this decision some real thought. And their contract offer was, was great. And I, I try not to think about it. And, um,
0: yeah, you know, that's you know, something and, for you to say no to. I mean, the only person I've ever talked to about this, Rosie O'Donnell was making so much money in daytime television. It's astronomical. And she, I think she's famous for saying, like, I made uh, I don't know what, like, a hundred million dollars or something. And she said, "That's it. I have enough money. I don't need to do it." The the James Corden that sat at home, who you know didn't have a lot of money or couldn't imagine this kind of uh, success. How do you how do you say no to a really good financial offer? And who do you talk to? About? I know you go to your wife, maybe, but i'm sure when you went to your agent he goes listen fucker you better take this because <laughs> you, you, you know,
1: I, this is an amazing amount of money you know what i mean but it's i do i know completely what you mean and look that's why i try not to think about it i try not to think about the the What's uh you're turning down yeah and walking because even once we said no and we figured out you know we figured out what the timeline would be and how you know they when they wanted to launch a new show and how long could we stay on that that, that, then it would be okay and and, you know there was just a lot of like but we just literally like i say there was never a sense of like i've never been told now the producer of the show might have been told you and i but i don't know that no one's ever come to me and gone i don't think we can do this like we have really just been able to to fly and but but also i think like i think one thing that's i think when we came on the air i'm certain i'll get these numbers wrong but we i think we were in like 10 or 12 countries and then sort of within six months we were in like 150 ish like just we've just been able to find a way to like monetize the show so i think that has really really helped the network
0: james reportedly you were offered 50 million dollars to stay in late night television Uh 50 million now that's a lot of money and i would be insecure or afraid i know there are things you want to do and you are talented and you've you know you've acted on tv i mean it's you you're, you're even your career direction wasn't a late night tv show you know you wanted to you know you, you do your other stuff but that's a tremendous amount of money and i mean it's life-changing
1: money and it's, even for look, your children i mean it's it's really hard to it's really hard to sort of quantify it really in in a in a way but it, it, it's it's a the, the the decision to leave the show is, is based on so many. There's so many factors that it, it's it's pretty impossible to to drill it down to one. And and really, for my wife and I, we always knew, and we said this like four four years, five years ago. We were like, when Max, who's my eldest son, when he finishes sixth grade, that is a real moment for us where we knew and we always felt and I've always said that to move fourteen fifteen sixteen year olds around e- you know even if we went coast to coast or internationally felt unfair at the point when he is would be forging his life of his own you know what I mean making friends deeper friendships deeper connections it felt very very unfair to us so we knew that that this was a decision that we would have to make where and then our you know our daughter after that is eight and our youngest daughter is five so if we were going to stay we'd be staying in los angeles for 20 years we'd be here for 20 years and that would be it and so that is the absolute crux of the decision is where do we want to raise these these people that we've brought into the world these and in truth like our my family and I, I think this might resonate with you, but like my family has walked to the beat of my drum for like 12, 13 years now, right? Where, you know, I'm going to do a play in New York, I'm going to shoot this over here, I'm going to be gone for a bit, and do, you know. And really, for us, it was like, where do we want to raise our children? There are people at home who are getting older, and we really felt that during covid and i think everybody felt that's not even even if your family were two states away you felt it you felt cut off from everybody and there was a couple of health things that that came along that made us just feel like there are too many signs here telling us to go home and so look I, if i allow myself to think about the financial aspects of walking away from this it does it makes my chest tight because who would i get it i get it why would you do such a thing but then the truth is time with my parents to be able to to be able to call my dad on a thursday and go what are you doing today and he said nothing and i said you want to go for lunch that is a feeling that i'll just never ever ever get back and one day the the time's going to come and it's not up to us when that is or when we choose it, but the phone's going to ring and that option's not going to be there anymore. And to have missed out on those moments in exchange for money doesn't feel like a good decision. And I, I'm i so aware of time. I feel like time is time is playing tricks on me in a way that I am deeply uncomfortable with. I feel like my son... I learned to ride a bike yesterday, you know? Right. And I just feel like it is, it is a feeling of going, we've got to, if we don't jump now, and if not now, when? And that's really what it came down to. So I think if you, if, if you, if you make it, well, the money, of course, the relevance, the status, like there is something so brilliant about being a late night show, talk show host, which is, You are some, you're always at the table. Do you know what I mean? Something can happen in the news. You do something, you're back, that sort of feeling of relevance. Like, it is a lot to walk away from. And I understand, I completely get why people stick around in this job for 15, 20, 25 years. I get it. It is the best job I've ever had and probably ever will have because I just love it. I love doing it. But that's a reason to leave. And I feel like, if I look at our eight years, if I look at where we were when we started, and I look at what we've done in between, um, I have nothing but pride and gratitude for all of it.
0: The um, But you could look at it, too, that there's a tremendous stability in it. You talk about your family. Without I mean, question, You, you sure. know, you don't, you don't have to move around. It's uh, You can live in L.A. You have your job right there. It's a routine. Uh, it even affords you some time with the kids. Who the hell lose? It's, it's a tough man. I can't imagine that decision making process. And but I do admire life. you. It's
1: like, thanks, I, yeah, I, this is it. You've got a what a luxury. My dad, my uncles, my cousins, my friends have absolute... there is, they cannot enforce change in their life. So, right. But well, 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 like, well, well, what's your fantasy? But
0: well, what's your fantasy? Let's say, okay, so the show's <laughs> ending this week. The last show will be thursday tomorrow. or friday morning however you want to look at it right yeah.
1: tomorrow that's it well we have a, we're in we're in prime time Howard. so it's tomorrow we're going to do a show at 10 and then our regular show at 12 30. Yeah.
0: will you do a bunch of um edited clips where it'll be a retrospective of all the stuff you've done in the last couple of years
1: uh, we uh, yes as much as you can cram into three minutes Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: That, no, come on. That's my that's my favorite thing, and it's really weird too because I went back and did my own retrospective of your career, and man, you've done a lot of fucking routines. I love the routine you did. You did a um a long form sketch, which a lot of guys in late night don't do anymore. But a long form sketch where you played that clown, the, the evil clown on The Bachelorette, <laughs> yeah, they called yeah, yeah. The Bachelorette the clown yes, from it. Yes. I, I love yes. that sketch. I think you know, like like I think a retrospective to celebrate everything you got to do. Will be really fucking dynamic, but getting back to the plan. So let me understand mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna sell a house in L.A. Yeah. right? And mm-hmm. uh, you got it on the market. Yeah, you do. Wow, this mm-hmm. is for real. Yeah, yeah. And your wife, she's like, she never said to you, "I this is the wrong thing for us to do. We don't want to end up in Jack Parland where you know we give up the show and then we have regret the rest of our lives." Or blah 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 blah. She's on board with it. You pack up that you. you but, you're but, then, stop.
1: but you can't. But the thing is, you can't look at it like that. You could because you just don't know. So you could stay on the show, and you might have regret for the rest of your lives. That's you true. just don't know. You, you just. It's a crap This is life. This is it. Stuff's gonna come. She didn't. And what? Make what?
6: One a, friend in LA that would keep you here. <laughs> well,
0: like you must really hate LA, fr- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: James. <laughs> no, I can't tell you. I really like. I really i I think it gets a bad rap, and I love it. I love living there. That there, there is something, there is more creative people per yeah, square mile no, under that yes. big blue sky, and that's the thing that really I love.
0: But not wanting to raise your kids there, too. Of course, you want them around your parents and your family in England, but also there there is this aspect in L.A. that kids can't properly be raised there. That every kid's an industry kid. Every kid's a little too hip for the room. Uh, some of that does factor in. The, 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 the L.A. scene, so to speak, is uh, very competitive, too. This one's more famous than the other one, and the kids get wrapped up in it. There is a pressure that is off you if you leave L.A., That uh, certainly for your children, uh, in terms of that well, hierarchy, think-
1: you know? Yeah, I've, I mean, honestly, I, I haven't ever really felt that while I've been there, but then we... we sort of live on the west side of L.A., I'm not really, I don't, we're not like in that kind of Beverly Hills, Bel Air, you know, which I I can see there is that sort of, certainly the, the sort of wealth competitiveness, which I do see sometimes, People, you know, you'll go to people's parties and you're like, is this a party or is this just someone just trying to show you that they're doing very, very well, you know, but that exists everywhere, that will exist in New York and that will also exist in London, I'm sure.
0: And then you'll move back to England, and then maybe for a while, a mm. month or two, maybe you will take a break and not do anything. You'll hang with the kids. You'll you'll uh, reestablish with your parents a routine, this and that. And then what's the fantasy? A movie or like a different kind of television career, like a series, or 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 it doesn't really even go that far.
1: I don't, I don't know. I sh- I sh- I shot a show for uh, which is on Amazon called. Mammals, which is written by, I think the, the the best writer alive, a writer called Jez Butterworth, and um, who wrote like Indiana Jones and Ford versus Ferrari, but he also wrote two of the best plays of the last decade. And I really, really enjoyed that experience. I really enjoyed doing it. I loved it. But um, I don't know. I have some things that I'd like to write before I ever got this job. Like I wrote a TV series for the BBC, which right. which people seem to enjoy. And so I am. Um, I would I've got some I'm excited to Just promise I'm excited me
0: excited to have a new idea. Promise me you don't start an OnlyFans or uh, you <laughs> know where you're
1: where you're where I you're new on that. Look, I don't want you to that. I mean, that would be this depressing. moment. <laughs> I cannot I cannot promise you anything at this moment because you know I think we can all agree that would be far more profitable for me than any contract <laughs> CBS could offer. What is it
0: dude? Now, now, I need the honest answer on this because this okay. d- drives me a little crazy. I, I'm not the, the actor you are, but I've been offered roles that I have turned down or I've seen other people actually do very well with them. You, if I have it right, were you either offered the movie The Whale or there was a discussion about you starring in the movie The Whale. The Whale was fantastic. Brendan Fraser was fantastic. Brilliant. incredible. But there was some discussion at some point. That would have been the role of a lifetime.
1: No? Well, here's the thing with that. It was a very long time ago, and it was a completely different... Uh, Tom Ford had read the script and really liked it. And... um he sent me an email one day and he was like, I think I'm going to direct this film and I'd like you to play this part. In truth, I was like, ah, this is, this is, this is a, this, I mean, it's a, a, in every sense, a heavy role, you know? And it it is a, it is a, it's an extraordinary script. And so look, I was like, firstly, I just sort of couldn't believe that Tom, uh, Tom Ford, who is a director. I just like uh, a simple man. And, um, nocturnal animals i just think his shot composition composition sorry is in, is incredible so i was like look if, if you think i can do this i'll do it and then and then tom so so yes there was a discussion about it but then tom uh, dropped out of the film for for different reasons uh, that aren't mine to say and but
0: did he call you and say i'm dropping out of this thing we're not gonna yeah, do yeah yeah he said look were i'm not disappointed gonna
1: do it. i was like look uh, Well, it never got far enough to be close enough to be like, this is happening. It's not like there were dates or casts attached or a rewrite had happened. It it was so far away from happening that things like that happen all the time. That's why I say, like, the film that Darren made with Brendan Fraser is absolutely the film that that should be. And you've got to, you can't sit and be like, uh," you know, maybe. Look, I'm sure I'd feel differently if Darren Aronofsky was doing it samantha morton was doing it we're due to start in six weeks and i'm pulled out and replaced but but it was never that scenario right. it was so far away it wasn't like oh i'm gonna shoot it even in a year's time dates never happen all those stuff so um but i i and i really really love i think that brendan fraser story is the most uplifting and extraordinary story it is that what he has done there, like to George in the Jungle and The Mummy, and then to just like come back and win every, pretty much every Best Actor award he's nominated for, if that doesn't give you hope that anything is possible, it's then amazing. nothing will. It's yeah. almost his story, getting the whale and winning all those
0: awards, is almost more amazing than the actual movie, The Whale, which was pretty fucking amazing, right?
1: And when both things are combined... You're like, well, this is, this is pure Hollywood. I mean, I, I, yeah, I just think his performance is extraordinary. And not one bit of me when I watched it was like, ah, oh, that could not not one second was like, I was like, oh, oh, this is a, this is it. This is it. This is all it should ever be. You mentioned when you started
0: your show, the TV show, uh, you couldn't get any guests. I, I know Ooh. for Carpool Karaoke, Mariah Carey was the person that kind of made it happen, who who is the first guest you ever got you said thank god for this guy this might be this might be a turning point for me because this person took a shot on me who is that person tom, to hanks. tom hanks tom hanks Tom hanks. when you when you did the bit where you acted out all of his movie roles was that the first time he did the show
1: yeah that was the first ever show that was our ah. first show we did that and uh-huh. Him saying yes, and, and Sheila Rogers, who books our show, used to book Letterman's show for the, inter- oh, I think for like 23 of the 25 years, something like that. Like, she is an extraordinary talent at her job, um, and she's amazing. And I, th- I think, well, Tom, I know that Tom Hanks had seen me in um, a play called The History Boys that I did in New York because he came backstage, and I did a little role in a film that his company produced called Starter for Ten. And so there was, a. I think he it wasn't, it wasn't as cold a call as Sheila was making to other people. And I think Sheila was like, I think he was doing it for Sheila more than he was doing it for me. I think such as people's love and respect for her. And I was so blown away that he would come on our first show. And then I remember walking around the roof outside of my office. This is the sort of little rooftop. And we were, walking around the roof, and it's thinking, oh, what can we do with Tom Hanks? What can we do with Tom Hanks? What can we do... It's just got all these... It was such an incredible career. Got all these movies. can in, and I thought, oh, hang on. Maybe, I wonder if we could do an entire retrospective, kind of a bit like a school play, with really quick, you know, in front of a green screen, quick props and all these things, and recreate his film career in Great six bed. minutes yeah yeah we did it last night with Natalie Portman. you know it's still a bit we do on the show, and yeah. so um and he was he was a massive turning point for us and then we had some other people come and do us favors. you know David Beckham was in town a week later. I think at the end of our first week or second week, we just went and did the show randomly from somebody's house, and what we were trying to do was just trying to make as much noise as we could because we just knew that we were coming from like a real standing start
0: you had the booker for Letterman work you did she ever try to get Letterman yeah. to
1: come on the show um I don't I don't know actually I think because he's I don't know that he's in LA very much and also I think
10: he never did Kimmel your show
1: to Brooklyn he's not done it um I can't yeah there's I'm not going to say anything about our primetime special but yeah oh mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, look at you. Wow. You know,
0: uh, a primetime special, man. That's that's pretty cool to sit there and celebrate you going out. I mean, you got a lot to pack in and a lot to be proud of, you know. Um, I'm I, thinking about some Yeah,
1: I'm ex- I'm excited to I, I to, I, to I, you know, I got away. an idea for you. Go. on. Okay. When I see that bit you do, you know, spill
0: your guts or fill your guts <laughs> where if you're sit you're sitting at a table, and yes. you guys ask questions of each other. It's usually someone very famous and you ask them a question. If they don't answer it, they have to eat some shitty, disgusting, like rat feces yes. or something. It's horrible. <clears throat> and, and, and I think on your last show on the primetime special, you should answer every question you refuse to answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that to me, there is not a chance. <laughs> oh come on! I mean, there. No I way. mean, um, here's no some chance. of the questions.
0: Here's some of the no, questions. I'll remind you. Here is some I of the questions. Them. Oh, this is interesting geez. to me. Okay, go. On. They, they asked you who has been the worst behaved guest on your
1: show, and there's a yeah, name that never you were going to do that. Just, but but <laughs> no, you but have I, a name. Truth, I actually don't. Genuinely don't? I, don't. I honestly don't. Uh, truly from the ball I, I actually don't was there if someone you that like, you, I can't think of anything
0: but was there someone that you kind of disliked like you were talking no. to them and said, I just don't feel it with these people they're not either not giving me enough they're not trying I mean nothing worse no, than a guest because- who comes on your show and and gives you a one word answer I mean or just kind of doesn't want to talk to you you know well, you we haven't really had them.
1: that but then also because our show because we bring all our guests out at the same time. It's a very different environment to like what we're doing now, because in truth, it's there, there's in oddly, there's less pressure to perform, but there's more pressure to be engaged in it. Because if it's, I don't know, if it's Mila Kunis, Sir Patrick Stewart and Anne Hathaway, then those three people, it's actually, and all the, and those three people get a real kick out of mixing and being together it's and that's all we've ever wanted i to never create on knew. the show is like a I, sort never of cocktail I never knew i party atmosphere i never knew how you did that
0: because i remember you had oprah on who else yes. was
1: sitting on the couch with oprah oprah reese witherspoon and there was someone else sitting there ah uh, it may have been it may have been storm reed because she was in that movie but i don't know I well, but. I, I as, a, as, as a fan
0: watching, I'm sitting there watching, I go, I could, like, I have so many things I want to talk to Oprah about or Reese Witherspoon, like right now, and then I get this weird thing. I don't know how you negotiated this. I get this, I go, oh, God, Oprah's sitting there, and I'm ignoring her for two or three minutes while Reese is talking about something. She must be bored out of her skull or annoyed. I think it was Mindy Kaling was on there with them. That's who it was. Right. And 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 like I'm like how is J- like I'm leaving Oprah sitting on the couch having to twiddle her thumbs while Reese Witherspoon is being given attention. You know what I mean? It's a really that's a, but
1: I, a format. But but I think it's a such it's such a different format to like what we're doing now that essentially those segments are 6 7 minutes. So no one's ever no one's ever really sitting for two or three minutes. It's so, like you, you, are constantly going to a break every six, seven minutes. So it, it never, it never feels like that. And I've been a guest. So really in truth, we owe, we owe all of that to Graham Norton, who has, if anybody hasn't seen it, right. has the most fantastic talk show, which airs only once a week, uh, in the UK on a Friday night. And it is as good a talk show as you could ever see. And he is a master at it because that shows is. Is no ad breaks, no ad breaks and it's around about i think it's about 45 minutes the show and i've been on that show and i have very very definitely been the third guest on that show like i've been on that show with me Katy perry and paul mccartney i know where <laughs> i am on that pecking order you know <laughs> and and actually you don't feel in any way like you're because actually you, you're engaged in the conversation and those shows are best when that's like a bit saying like you the example you're saying there is like every time you go for dinner when people aren't speaking, is everyone around the table just pissed off and bored that they're not right. speaking? No. That's true. You're engaged you're right. in it. You're listening. You're like, oh, that's interesting. And that's all we ever wanted to create and promote. Now, if I had to do it for 45 minutes straight without right. commercial breaks like Graham does, which I think is a masterclass, you're basically watching somebody spinning seven plays at the same time and look like he's just enjoying a coffee or a glass of wine it's amazing that is, it is. A real art
0: that is a real art i agree with you because um i sit there and i have found that many of um uh, of the famous people i know um they listen uh, to some degree you got to be a narcissist to be an entertainer and they like to have the focus on them most people you know i am sitting here and i want the focus on me and in their imagination the focus is going to be on them and uh, you know it's a tough juggling act, so that's another accomplishment that you could uh, you, you can. I point do enjoy to, it
1: you know? though. I enjoy it. My favorite moments in the show are when you know you'll have seven questions on the card, you know, and my favorite moments are when you get to two of them, when it just sparks off somewhere else. I remember a show we had, we had Bill Hader, Zac Efron, and Ben Kingsley. Right, <laughs> already a good three. That's funny, you know. Yeah, and Zach Efron. Zach Efron was talking about, he'd been, there was something involving a shark. He'd been in Australia. I can't remember the story. And Bill Hader starts pretending to be a shark. And Sir Ben Kingsley starts trying to rescue Zach Efron on the couch as this sort of anarchic feeling is going. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I thought like, this is all I ever wanted the show to be. Was somewhere right. where we think we're gonna go from here to here and actually this detour that we've taken is far more interesting.
0: Uh one of the questions you wouldn't here's some of the questions you wouldn't answer on that spill your guts, fill your gut segment. You wouldn't they said rank these late night hosts from best to worst Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Myers.
1: Now I understand why you didn't answer that of because it's, Who it's wouldn't so hard understand why you wouldn't it's awful it's a, th- these are these are awful questions so it's why that's why the game is why the segment works it's like oh you can't answer that <gasps> but you got to eat that they can't be soft questions and they can't be and it can't be kind of uh you can't be looking down at a sort of egg sandwich you know it's got to be it's got to put it's got to have those bits It's got the best bits in that segment are when the audience go oh you know
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know I, you know i think about those guys and i think about doing a late night show five days a week i would not want to do it like maybe when i was younger or something but man you know every day day in and day out worrying about guests worrying about bits writing the thing and making sure people are interested it's a lot and like i look at each of those guys like colbert's monologue is masterful you know and Uh, it's it's best on. yeah it's incredible I couldn't really say a bad word about any of those guys. I always called Jimmy's. Gee, your monologue was fucking brilliant, and and yeah. and, and 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 Seth Meyers, who you mentioned earlier, he does that. Um, uh, he does a closer look. His, a closer look. It's, it's brilliant. He's, yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant. And you know, there's a lot of you know. I guess he just got to look at it at the end of the day that you were in a, a, an elite category of these late night guys. You all have your special talents. You've all added bits to that, to that tapestry of late night. Because you got some really good guys all on at the same time. It's almost crazy, you know.
1: It's, it's funny really when I got the job. When I got the job, I read um, both Bill Carter's books, which is I think they called Late Night Wars and the Was it on the War for Late Night or the and They're, uh, they're it was, great. It's the Battle yeah, yeah. for Late Night, something like that. And they're all brilliant. Right. They're great. But I'm reading these books like. You know, my wife had just given birth to, to Carrie, our, our daughter. And so, and we were leaving in 12 weeks time. Basically, I was leaving in eight weeks time and we had to wait for three months for Carrie to get a passport. So they were following on. Carrie moved as my daughter when she was 12 weeks old, you know, and, um, I'm reading these books and I'm like, shit, this is. This is a competitive atmosphere. Oh my god! And I, I'm going to have a heart like, attack. I don't. How's I? How's like, reading? Like, I, don't, I don't. Jay Leno's I don't, hiding in a closet. hiding in a, a closet, <laughs> listening to calls. I was like, I was like, oh man, what have I done? I had no idea. And then, I mean, in truth, I think like, and I understand because obviously, network television's changed. It's changed so it's it's, it's it's so different from what it was then, where I can understand why you, you the idea of just ranking people first, second, third, it's, it's, oh God, number one in the rate. You know, remember when Leno was like number one in the late ratings, and yeah. had that billboard that said number one in late night, and then Letterman <laughs> bought the billboard yeah. over the road that said number three in late night. Just beautiful. <laughs> perfect. Ah. And like, I, I was just, yeah. so that's great. the funniest. So I'll tell you one of the funniest things I thought that, that David Letterman said. When he, and I just think it's almost a perfect, like it's, when he, he announced that he was stepping down and he said, um, I told myself that the day I got bored of this job, A decade later, I'd retire. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. It's just like a perfect David Letterman thing. But my point being that I've just never... There is so... Now that competitive atmosphere is gone. In a way, it's like, well, we are all network TV. It's us. And and I I think I'm very, very fortunate that, that, you know, Fallon, Kimmel, Seth, Colbert, these are people I've spent time with socially, Personally, everybody's been on each other's shows. Can you imagine that 20 years ago? No. I was on Kimmel's show on Monday. Seth was on my show two weeks ago. Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel switched shows for a night on April Fools. I think it was like it's, it's a, such a different landscape. Like that was unheard of. It was unheard of that someone from an NBC show would go on a CBS show to promote it. Like it's changed in immeasurable ways.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I, I had, uh, Jimmy over my home one summer and, uh, and then I, we called up Jimmy Fallon said, come on over. And he was like, yeah, I'm coming right over. I love Jimmy. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these two guys? <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. I, I, you know, right I, with these two, <laughs> all right with these two guys. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I know. I go, wow, this yeah. is really evolved. They're being really good to one another. Yeah. And, it's uh, lovely. Actually, it taught me a lot, you know. Because I spent so many years caught up in the anger game of, like, hey, fuck everyone else on morning radio. I'm going after them and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, it's kind of nice to know some guys in the same business as you,
1: you know? Well, it is, but I think you have to, when, once you realize that that competition just doesn't, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And... Well, you... it does. It does in the sense
0: that, I am sure you got annoyed when, let's say... um, Seth Meyers got a guest that you had been trying to get at that time. Or, you know, some of that guest pecking. uh, Very rarely,
1: uh, because we were pretty open from minute one. Because when we go here, there's there's a lot of politics in shows of like, will we follow that show? And that's not just in late night. That's everything. It's the same with magazine covers or, you know what I mean? There's this weird thing of like, well, we won't follow that guest, you know? Or if they've done that show within the last three weeks, they won't do it. We from minute one. We're like we knew where we were in the pecking order, you know, and we just <laughs> yeah. said like we were we, we were painfully aware, and we just said from minute one our mantra was, "We will follow everybody. We do not, we do not care." Because I think the the world of following is different now. Where with pre internet, pre internet, it was like, "Oh my god, you're gonna have like I don't know, let's the Rock," and no one's seen him for seven months while he's been away shooting and i'm gonna get these exclusive these stories he's gonna tell these stories he's not gonna tell them anywhere else i like i know what the rock's kitchen looks like do you know what i mean like yeah in a sense of so that that whole line is so blurred now like if i want to i can go on my phone and look back and probably watch the rock working out or i can see you know, billy Eilish in a studio, or on her way right. in a car somewhere. The line is so blurred now that it's so silly to even think about any of these things. Competitive, in a way,
0: I get sad about that. Like, I think something there was something magical about having exclusives and a short glimpse. Like, if I couldn't see The Rock at home and couldn't see that, you know, and then I get him on the show and I get this. But you're right. I took the attitude a long time ago too. Let a guest go on every single show there is and let them come to me last and I'll prove I can do a better job than anybody else. That was my attitude. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit what they did on some other show. And it's a healthy attitude. It really is.
1: Yeah. I never really saw the, the, the benefit of being like, oh, we have to be first. It, it didn't, it, it never resonated with me really because also, it's shows- very easy for that not to resonate when you don't have the option, <laughs> you know, so meanwhile yeah
0: right you might as well adopt that attitude you know you've done <laughs> yeah. 1200 shows of the
1: late late Show. yeah it will be by tomorrow night yeah
0: yeah and i guess those shows will live on on youtube and all these other platforms it's not it's not like these shows now go away all those bits that you did and everything that you're proud of will be up on you know various social media and things people will see it you I, know
1: yeah i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i guess when you did the whole thing with Paul McCartney, did you guys get together afterwards, like ever, and get together for dinner? Like, did you start to socialize?
1: Um, we've we, no, we've not socialized hugely. I have seen him at things, and he's incredible. He actually came back to the show and did a bit, I think a few months after that. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's someone I'm, I, I'm so in awe of him. Yeah, I'm me so too. <laughs> I sort of, I, I, I try and play it cool. Right, but I'm never quite. It's only really there's a handful of you, you know musicians, uh, Premier League, like my football team, uh, the soccer team as you'd call it, West Ham United. I always, if I meet like you know, so like if I were like the first time I met Aaron Cresswell, I was like, "Hi, Aaron," you know, like and and so with with Paul, I um no, we've never been for dinner or or any of those things, but I. But he's nothing but lovely to me and gracious to me always.
0: Yeah, no, we we've had him on the show many times, and then I yeah. try to make that move I go, hey Paul, you know, uh, should come on over and we'll have dinner, and then, and then I go, fuck, this is stupid. <laughs> I, I can't invite
1: Paul McCartney. It's know. too it's too but, weird. But also, can you yeah. imagine the pressure? <laughs> oh, can you imagine oh. the pressure of getting a text from Paul McCartney saying I'm on my way. I mean, I wouldn't just be like, okay.
0: (laughs) You know who tells the best story? You know who tells the best story about that? Billy Joel. He said, uh, Billy got a call. And now he's Billy Joel, and he told me he, he gets a call from Paul that Paul's coming over, and Billy immediately starts. Billy Joel? He was so nervous about it, he said, cause Billy says he's the, Paul's the reason he got into the business. And he goes. Wow. I I ran around my house throwing out all the meat, and because I know he's a vegetarian, <laughs> and he was clearing yeah. out the room, re- and it freaked Billy Joel out. So you know I can't handle it. I mean, I
1: you yeah. couldn't handle. We couldn't handle that. But I mean, it's too much. It's inconceivable to me. Yeah, yeah. That it, I mean, doesn't that show you the power of Paul? That it would the, the power of the Beatles. Like, that it would that, that that you would that it would freak out Billy Joel, who yeah. I'd freak out. Yeah. If I was like, I would, in my head, I would be like, just don't ever be like, oh, like, you don't imagine. Cause I think if Billy Joel came to my house, right? I would go, which of course is never going to happen, but I said, Billy, can I get you a drink? And he said, yeah, I'll get a flavored sparkling water. And I go, I'll be right back. I think somewhere in my head, my, my body will go as I'm walking to the fridge. <laughs> just as I'm close enough, but I'm out of issue, I'll go, oh, <laughs> and I'll go, oh, shut the fuck Like that. I, I, I'm too, I, I, yeah, no, so I've never been for dinner with Paul. Uh, he, Billy's
0: come on my home, and every time he says to me, you should have a piano in here, in your house. You should have a piano. I go, Billy, why would I have a piano in my house? I don't play fucking piano. I'm horrible at it. It only brings back bad memories of my failure. But uh, one time I had him over, and I rented a piano. I said, fuck it, I'm playing the piano. I said, oh, my God, that is people a great it. idea. It was, it was a bold move. And that whole night, I'm staring at the piano. He's looking at it, you know, and uh, eventually he did play it. He he got <laughs> on it. He did. He yeah. did play it. I, yeah. said, I said it to him, they, Billy. I, I rented the fucking piano. Come on, man.
1: Give me a break. But that is, <laughs> but they also, but also he, like, that is, that's that's why you sh- you actually should have a piano in your house you should you i need a piano, piano. a couple this of times you again. really should i think <laughs> I you should yeah because just write, think about you, think about the people so, that were playing it
0: but you you write me do you write me do you write your own songs no you, no you no. never tried no <laughs> i mean but your father I was, in was in a musician but your father was yes. in, your whole family do you play any
1: instruments do you are you no really that's my greatest nothing. regret and i say it to my children i go i my my son is very loves guitar plays plays guitar plays bass and, um, and at one point, like, and he, he, at one point he sort of, he did that thing of like, oh, can I, do, can I miss practice this week? You know, we do, He go to, he goes to like guitar teacher and that happened a few weeks on the, on the, on the trot, you know, and, and I said to him, I was like, buddy, it's my, my greatest regret that I gave up learning the piano. Because my right? thing is, I don't know if you're like this. I wanted to be able to play the piano. I didn't want to learn to play the piano, and right. learning to play the piano takes an extraordinary amount of <laughs> discipline. And like, and I just couldn't see the leap. I was like, I, "Is this worth the five years?" But I said to my son Max, I said, "I'll tell you something you're never going to hear in your life. You never hear. You're never going to hear anybody in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties go." Ugh, I wish I couldn't play this thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish I couldn't play <laughs> yeah. this guitar. It's so annoying that I can just pick this up and play. This. I said, oh, you're not. And I was like, and now's the time. Maybe that's something I'll try and do when I finish the show. Try and try. Maybe and do that. you
0: should. You know, you're so right because, um, I remember I had piano lessons and I hated them so mm. much. So yeah. all I wanted to do was be like, I wanted to be like the Dave Clark five, not even the Beatles. i like, I remember I, I, I went out and got an electric piano and everything and I can only bang out the yeah. same three chords. I should have fucking sat there. And I mean, I could have been Eddie Van Halen maybe if I had spent some but time.
1: The, I can do, I can do enough chords if I've got enough practice, but I can't, I, like I can do, I've got enough to do some chord structure and that's it. I can't, so sometimes we'll do bits on the show where I'll just, like, I'll play the chords and Steve, our piano player, will play on top and, like, be around me and stuff, but I'm not in any way accomplished enough to, what I'd love to be is one of those guys who's in a hotel bar and just goes, right. oh, yeah, I'm just going to tinkle on this. Yeah, I can, I've can. i got enough where I can play so where it isn't just, dun, 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 dun like, just to be able to twinkle over the top, you know, to know where it's going, where it's going to begin,ning the middle, and the end of it.
0: You know, my best friend growing up could play piano like that, and we'd go like to a girl's dorm room or something, and if there was a piano, he'd sit down and start playing, and all of a sudden, he was Richard Gere and Pretty Woman playing for Julia Roberts. I mean,
1: but that's was the like, power of music. That's what we yes. where we started. It's the power of music. I was like, I was and so it's stupid.
0: Yeah, and it's not good that.
1: if you can see do you, being able to sing is almost irrelevant in those moments because there is nothing worse then if you go <laughs> you're right maybe i'm amazed because people go shut up <laughs> like, you're an asshole work. it doesn't work in any way <laughs>
0: yeah no being able to that you're right just tinkle on that. you know you talk about some of your greatest moments like to me i think about the fact that you actually went out and skydived with um with tom cruise and stuff like mm. that like you know like me I'm like They're making me go to Miami And do a couple of shows next week And I'm like Oh fuck Do I really have to go to Miami I mean you you know, you know, really put but it out there You can't
1: wait You can't wait to go to Miami You're so <laughs> cool well, I can feel it Oh the, I can it, feel it. it Robin are you, you going to feel- go to Miami No <laughs> I'm not going to
0: go to Miami <laughs> How it's dare just she just you Howard Just me Wow Because isn't yeah. it the Formula
1: One as well right is it the no, Formula no, One but coming think- out Yes Yes it is But I was thinking We like, filmed played- there last year You're going to have a blast
0: <laughs> Oh yeah It's my kind of people by the way, um, also, you played dodgeball with Michelle Obama. I mean, that's a great bit, mm. you know, and there's a lot of pressure film and that kind of stuff. But the bit, here's the regret. The bit you never got to do, and I thought it was a great idea. You were going to spend an entire day, like, up in a glass booth billboard with yes, J-Line. In a box. Right? In yes. a box. Yes, you had this yeah. idea. Was this your idea, or is it one of the, the geniuses who uh, it worked
1: was, with you? No, it, this one was actually mine. Most of ours, we have, you know, most of ours come from the Incredible writers, but this one was actually mine. I don't even know where it came from, but I remember where I was when I was driving home, where J Lo had a big—I think it was a big documentary. I think, I think it was on Netflix. I'm not sure. Maybe somewhere else. And there was going to be this big billboard for her. This doc. That was going to be on Sunset Boulevard. And what we'd got told is that J Lo would really love to do something around the fact that this billboard like we've done carpools with her, we've done she's done come on the show a bunch of times. She was like, She'd love to do something where we could incorporate that billboard in the bit somehow. And I was like, Well, why don't we suspend a glass box <laughs> over the billboard? Hi. And J Lo and I will live in it for a day. We'll be ah. in there all day. A bit like when David Blaine did it in London, and you, he was yep. in there for like 50 days, or 30 days, or something crazy. And I was like, we'll can rig it, we'll rig it with small GoPro cameras, we'll have like a couch in there, and we'll just hang out, and we'll cut it together. We could Great. even like a live stream a bit, you know. And then, um, and then I think something changed in JLo's diary, and the only day that we could legally suspend this, there had to be some special permits. And anyway, mm. logistically, it went away, but I was I was kind of I would have been, been good. Been real fun. I was and up for that. And then you could have done. Yeah.
0: And I guess you would have done some like fucked up stuff in the in the box. Just people staring at you and talking to yeah, you. Yeah, and, and all that, that stuff. And good. then we
1: try and have people. We were going to see if like Ben Affleck would just come and pop in for half an hour, maybe right. bring deliver us our lunch and things like that. And we would bring you know we'd bring someone in and we would both try and draw them. You know, like we just to have like silly things or me someone like and we never got this far, but someone like. Charlie Puth comes in and serenades us for twenty minutes while we're in. Like, it just we thought it would be a really, really or, fun bit.
0: Or you eat something really foul and then you pass wind in the box with J Lo. Now that's a bit. There you go. That's well. That's that. that, that would have been. Look, that would uh, be. I, I, honestly,
6: personal I, issues in a box. How no, that's the great part. James
0: oh. would literally go to the bathroom right on uh, J Lo. <laughs> I mean, it would be to be hardly any room. I mean, <laughs> that's a bit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this bit so much. <laughs> you mentioned, you know, some of the great writers and people that work with you yes. over the years. How do you break the news to them? And do you do it yourself? Yeah. In other words, there are guys, I assume, men and women who have worked with you for all of the years that you've been doing this. What do you do? You call them into a room and say, listen, I've got good news and bad news. The bad um, news is you'll be no, making we... no money. But the good news is you'll have a lot of free time or something like, I mean, what is the way you break? This is terrifying to me.
1: Yeah. No, there was certainly, it's not something we, it's not something you can do with like sort of levity and and humor really. What the biggest thing that I was very, very, very conscious of doing was, was it not being a surprise. I'm finishing in two months, you know? Mm. Um, I really, really was very conscious of giving everybody enough time to, try and put things in place to think about next you know news moves opportunities all those things um do so you know everybody do you have do yeah. you have
0: people there who you know deep inside will never find another job there are a couple of people you count no. them on just now
1: you think no, everyone will no that i like they are i could just I just never worked in a better team i mean i think it's something so it's something around the of like eighty-five or more percent, maybe even ninety percent of our team was there day one. Like right. we are, it's been an extraordinary thing, and there are. I actually think there's there's incredibly talented people who are going to go on and do extraordinary things that perhaps wouldn't have happened if we'd stayed in this environment. That I'm certain of. Was anyone mad at you?
0: Was anyone come to you and say, "You know what? No, we 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 assembled a great team. How can you break us up now? We you know, and in a way too for your own head, you you work so hard to assemble just the right people, get the really best people to work with you, who really can prop you up and make you good every night, and then you got to break up the whole organization.
1: It is a bitch." No, but I, I think every, every person, if they, every person understands that if they were doing this show in London for eight years would understand the pull of family and home. So it it is like, there are, like I say, there's so, it's so nuanced. The reasons for it. It's so, it's so complex. It's not me just going, you know, guys, I really just want to do other things. It's not, it, it isn't that. And there is such. There is understanding and compassion in everybody. It is... And look, you know... We're going to say goodbye tomorrow night. Tonight we're going to do a show and then... Is it live, the special? Are you going to be on live um, when you do prime No, time? it's no, not live. It's already but done. It's, it's in it's the can. It's not live, but, it's, but we're right. doing it on the day. We're doing everything right. on the day, but it'll be okay. an hour or two. Yeah, maybe three hours before it goes out, we'll tape it, and then we'll tape our 12.30 show.
0: And Harry Styles and Will Ferrell are your last two guests.
1: Yes, and then in the primetime show, we have a really, really big bit with Tom Cruise. Wow. We'll have one last ride with Tom Cruise that is, uh, I can tell you what we do, actually, because me and Tom Cruise... like, we've done some crazy stuff, like you said, jumping out of planes or fighter jets or... Yeah, I thought we you were ...we his long. film career. We did a yeah. bit called, like, Tom's Cruise on the River Thames was me trying to launch a new business. And this time, when we were up in the fighter jet, he mentioned it, it didn't make the edit, but he said the thing he'd really love to do is a big live musical. So we were like, oh, <laughs> hang on, that's fun. So me and Tom Cruise, and I promise you we did it for real, and the audience didn't know, uh, performed in the touring production of The Lion King at the Pantages Theatre in front of 4,000 people playing Timon and Pumbaa. In other words... doing Hakuna Matata.
0: What you're saying is, as a as a last bit, you and Tom Cruise take on roles in The Lion King? Yes. And you walk out, and, like people have For paid real. to see The Lion King. Yes. And then you two clowns walk out. And we do, and- yeah. And, and, in other words, people must have been like, what the fuck is this? Right? I mean, it's gotta well, be. Well, at first
1: they didn't realize, cause there's, 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 at first we, we played, we did like a little bit, a little bit in the show where we're in like the circle of life, but we're in a rhino costume and stuff like that. And, um, and then, and then we're like Simone and Pumbaa. And it was wow. inc- The place just went, it was, I mean, and then we've got a such a fun ending to the whole bit. Like, He has been so great to our show. It's been extraordinary. Yeah, but I'm excited for people to see that. And then there's a cut of the Adele carpool, and 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 then we have some real big surprises in in the last ever show. We have a particular sketch that I think you more than anyone will really enjoy.
0: But you're not saying I'm not going to tell you about.
1: I'm not going to tell you about it because I think I just think you'll really enjoy it. You and Adele are real close, huh? I mean, like crazy close. Yeah, yeah. We have been. We met when. We met when in Cardiff years ago on a show that was on Channel 4 in England called T4 Transmission and we before were you were really the late
0: night talk show oh, yeah, host.
1: Yeah. Oh god yeah. No no no, I was on to promote this TV show I had on BBC3 which was a right. small digital channel her record had just come out. This is like before even 19 that album 19 was a huge hit. This is so early.
4: And, and we you guys hit really
1: it well. off. Yeah, we hit it off really well. And then my wife is good friends with some of her childhood friends. And that kind of reconnected us. But we'd keep bumping into each other, stay very close. And then, you know, we have we have uh, photos in like our first apartment in London, Jules and I of like Adele holding our son when he's like three weeks old. Like it's 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 a deep sort of family connection. It's and, and I just love her
0: must be a really freaky feeling when someone, you know, you kind of knew and, you know, you were hanging out with her. She's your friend. And then all of a sudden that album breaks big and her career is like bigger than anyone. I couldn't
1: have been less shocked. I couldn't have been less shocked. You knew. I, oh my God. Well, that's, that's how, that's how I went up to her. And I was like, I think she, I, I, I went up to her and I was like, um, because she has the cover of Make You Feel My Love on that album. And it's as good a cover. I think, like, I'm always of the feeling that, like, how can any cover version be better than the original? Because it couldn't exist without the original. But I think there's a couple that come real, real close. Like, Amy Winehouse's Valerie, James Blake's A Case of You, and Adele's Make You Feel My Love, and it's extraordinary. And I just... It's so clear. And what's amazing with her is there is this, there is this seismic gap between the artist and her. And spend enough time with her personally you could forget I, mm. I forget like and then she'll just sing along to something and you're like oh my god i mean i think she is a generational talent i think and it, i couldn't be less shocked I, it, I, I honestly couldn't be less shocked
0: that karaoke uh, karaoke carpool thing you do with her—two hundred 260 million views i
1: mean it's mad me. i mean it's the is power it, of her it's crazy yeah two hundred and sixty million people the one that. we put out the other day i think is like over it's over ten million views in 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 a day it's Jeez. it's she is she's did you she's an alien did you know amy winehouse at all no 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 i didn't i didn't know her she was sick on my friend 's arm once that 's as really? close as i ever would i wasn 't there but uh that's as close as I ever no, I never, like I never sick got like to... threw up on your friend's arm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, what an honor. like six AM <laughs> and six A. Yeah, truly. We were like, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Well, yeah. it's a big deal. And the late show with James Corden. He's uh, ending it all. The final episode's gonna air tomorrow night. He uh is uh ready to hang it up. He'll be around. He says he'll do other things, but he's got to go back to England. Got to go back to England. LA's There's fine.
6: Any tears about it? Has there been any part of this that made you go, Oh, I, I, you know, I'm really breaking up. This is like, like a grieving process.
1: No question. I mean, tomorrow night, um, I'll be a mess. I'll be a mess. I, I, I really, really want to try and. As best I can hold it together. But like, like me and Jimmy Kimmel were saying the other day, like we're, we're really the only criers in late night. Uh, now. Jimmy, He's, listen. He said, he said don't to cry. me, he said, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so don't happy cry. that you're leaving before me because uh, you're like, uh, he was like, I'm going to be a mess and I will be. I'm going to try my best. I really am. I know said don't cry. cry. I can't. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't think I can let it. Really? I don't know how I'll keep hold of it. Oh jeez it's,
0: it's it's always you know what you're going they they always take that one little clip and they play it over and over and over <laughs>
1: again. Oh, you know what I mean? I know like Gwyneth Paltrow's yeah. oscar speech <laughs> My, like the fact if you could take Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player who has ever lived and somebody somewhere reduced all of his accomplishments to a meme of him crying like i just <laughs> yeah, right. if it can happen to michael jordan it can happen to anyone i'm really going to try my best to hold it together did you did you did you did you, did you call other hosts
0: like like jimmy kevin these guys uh, and say i'm leaving like to d- announce to them that you're leaving the- no you didn't no. do any of that
1: no, All right. I didn't. No, and, it didn't seem like because I think if I called up, <laughs> if I called Jimmy Kimmel and said, "Hey, I want you to know I'm leaving," he'd be like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> you know, like, what, what's just, it to it me? Just, <laughs> right. What does he have on my? He has no basis. There's no relevance to my existence in any way. Are you going to that uh, King Charles coronation?
0: You'll be there, right?
1: I will not be there. No, 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 no? I'm NFI. No, I'm. Uh, I can't believe it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. go. I I can. Why would I get invited to the Queen? You know those guys. You know those characters. King's coronation. You're friends with uh, Prince Harry. I like King Charles very, very much. I like King Charles. I have a huge amount of respect for him.
0: Is it because Prince Harry's having his thing, with, and you're friends with Prince Harry?
1: Maybe you're like trying to be on Team Prince Harry. Is that it? I, I'm on no well, team. I'm on no team at all. Like you're on they, the team. I, he, I get it. Well, Harry's yeah. going to what the coronation, Harry's so
4: going.
6: he could have been his plus one because Meghan is
1: not going. Oh, Harry's going. <laughs> yeah, I haven't spoken to him about that. I think it would be very odd if I was if I was his plus one. I think that would be very <laughs> very strange. Man. No, a few people have asked me if I'm going, and I can't think of a single reason why I. Wouldn't know. Be there? Because <laughs> yeah. you're English. You know, that's enough. I don't think it works like that.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, what do I know? Hey, listen. I'm
1: very excited to watch it. I really am.
0: I'm, yeah, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll tune in. I don't know. I, I don't care about any of that. only I care about is myself. You know how selfish I am. But anyway, listen. We're here to celebrate you. Congratulations on a great accomplishment. You got so many funny bits under your belt and you brought a lot of joy to people. And we thank you for that. You've done a fine job. You walked into late night. You didn't even want to be on in late night. Les Moonvest tapped you to be on in late, late night. And you were like, what the fuck? I, why, are you, why are you calling me? And yet you went with it. You adapted. Right? And you succeeded. To the point that you walked away on your own terms. That's unusual. You brought love and music to America. It's a home run. Thanks, we man. don't. We I'm, don't know what the. I'm future very proud is. of it. Yes, you conquered the new world. You're like Columbia. You came oh, over you're here.
4: You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one.
0: God bless oh, you. Okay. Listen, James Corden. That's a good name, by the way. I need. A, that's a strong name. It's a very waspy name. You know what I mean? Corden. It's not
1: as strong as Stern. You can't get a stronger <laughs> name than Stern. James I'm going to be Corden. stern with you, James Corden. The late
0: show with James Corden. Final episode will air tomorrow night. I remember when you came on the first time on my show. So do I? You were, you were a child. You were a child. <laughs> you were like a babe in the woods and I took you under my wing and I taught you everything you know. Something like that. Now listen, I'm excited for you because you're leaving the show and now you're going to go learn and play piano. I can't wait to have you on. And once you accomplish that. That's the goal.
1: <laughs> okay, i have seen about 17 Con- years. Congrats <laughs> on
0: the big special, and I'm um, happy Thanks, for man. you. And, uh, you know, don't be a stranger, James Corden.
1: I won't. And also, can I just say that? Like, I meant what I said before. These 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 moments, these coming on your show every 18 months, 24 months, throughout the, the journey of this, it has never, ever been lost on me what a privilege it is to be in your orbit for a minute. And I've Same. absolutely loved every single chat.
0: I always enjoy when you come on. I, I look forward to it. All right, James Corden, everyone. You're the best. Thank you, and, and good luck. With cheers, Howard. Thank you, Robin. Right. See you. Not Thank goodbye.
12: You.
1: <laughs>
0: Not goodbye. Just
1: cheers. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>
0: Take care. See you, then. Bye I wonder bye. if uh, James looks good. I meant to ask him if he's doing Ozempic. I want to know. So, <laughs> I wanted to know, but uh, it slipped my mind. But there you go. James Corden uh, signing off. He says, that's it. I had enough.
6: You know, no the reason I asked him about, you know, the, the tears thing is that he's been able to, you know, sit through this whole interview talking about it and not once did his voice crack or, no. you know, there was any wistfulness. I was like, boy, he seems to have this all taken care of emotionally.
0: Now people look at my face and they don't cry. They just kind of <laughs> like, they, they lose all emotion. You know, uh, Stop it. it's, um, it's interesting, um. Well, anyway, I'm not going to reflect too much. Let the, let, it, let the conversation speak
4: for, it for itself.
0: itself. Yeah. But there he goes, James Corden, and a uh, truly nice guy. All right, Robin. Well, you know, Mr. Clark says it's time to end the show. As you know, uh, as you heard early this morning when we signed on, next week uh, I will be live from the SiriusXM Miami studios. And uh, it's going to be very exciting to be in a new location. And <laughs>
6: oh, you're going to wish you were there!
0: <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be wild. It's going to. In fact, uh, here I'll give you a little um, excitement.
2: There you
0: go. Woo, woo. That's Charo saying Miami. Uh, something oh. I don't know. Charo. How'd That's the real that? Charo. How'd we get that? We were a big show. We got Charo. <laughs> James Corden never got Charo. That's the real one. Here, here I'll give you another
4: one.
10: Party. How are Miami Party? Yeah, yeah. It's fiesta. Woo!
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> you see the excitement of me being in Miami at those new studios.
6: Everybody Nothing- can't wait.
0: Nothing better than being in a brand new studio and then having a conversation with Bobo on the phone. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. By the way, I noticed everyone who cut an exciting ID for Miami is over eighty years old. So, I mean, what? i don't exactly how. I mean, I don't know exactly how it, but George Takei uh, did one for us. Nobody it, Howard's Miami house
2: party. You're so having a good time out there. Wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow,
10: wow, yeah,
0: wow, wow. you can feel the excitement. Fucking awesome.
5: Howard's Miami House Party.
0: Party. I just realized I got to like pack a bag, bring some clothes. What else do I need?
6: All of your toiletries. Yeah,
0: I need to make a list of my toiletries and make sure I don't (laughs) leave any of them here. You would think I was going to the moon because I'm like, yeah, I better pack my toiletries. I am mean, gonna, you know, it is Miami. I could probably buy anything I need in terms of my toiletries.
6: Well, you, you know. better bring your Metamucil quack- crackers. You don't. That's
0: already to... been worked out. Okay. They already set them up for me.
6: All right. Because so you don't want to go out and try to buy those. So
0: embarrassing. Like my assistant was saying to me, well, we have everything set up. And let me just read you the list of things for your, you know, for your room. And um, and then she was like, Metamucil. and, and uh, oh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to hear about that.
6: You would have the strangest uh, rider in show business if you
0: yeah. were on tour. <laughs> I love Metamucil. Thank God for it. Adios mio, adios mio, whatever that means. Howard's <laughs> Miami house party. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Guacamole, guacamole. <laughs> right. A lot of excitement when I come to town. You don't want to miss it.
6: Yeah, everybody will have a party, but you. I cannot figure out
0: why Sirius even wants me to come to Miami and like be the first or one of the first people to broadcast from the studio. I don't even understand the concept. (laughs) Like what? what, What's going to be so great? But it's but everyone's very charged up around here about it.
6: Well, uh, I I'm glad that everyone else is charged up.
0: Yeah. Well, you'll be hearing from me to them. You'll be hearing from me off the air complaining I mean uh, <laughs> talking to you about it. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, you do have some idea, but I do. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I got to pack a bag. Beth said she'd help me. I said I'm going to pull some outfits. She goes, "Well, don't don't put them in your suitcase because you, I know you, you're you going to wrinkle all your clothes up. I go, honey, right. I wear jeans and a fucking leather jacket. Who cares if it's all wrinkled? She goes, let just pull the outfits and I'll put them in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I said, well, won't I need a wardrobe? You know, what do they call that? Like a garment bag? So I had that Maniac maniac Ralph buy me a uh, garment bag, and he sent it down here. It's the tiniest little garment, but none of my garments will fit in it.
6: Why did he get you a little garment bag?
0: You should see. I'm going to bring my garment bag on the air for you to see. (laughs) Ralph. You couldn't fit one outfit in this thing. I wanted, like, a big garment bag, the kind that are on wheels.
6: Yeah, the things that, uh, you know.
0: You should see the garment bag he got me. Probably bought it at, like. Some shit fucking place. I don't know. It's so tiny. And, and Beth said to me, I don't even think your jackets will fit on in this.
6: Yeah. How are you going to avoid wrinkles when you got to fold everything to put the, put it in the garment bag?
0: Don't ask me, but I got to deal with what, that. What
6: you now. got professional folders at your house?
0: <laughs> I don't know. You made it as hard as it could be. <laughs> it's
6: probably uh making a case for himself being transported to florida
0: to take care of all that yeah he's probably angry at it he's not going to miami because ralph's like you need me in miami and i was like i really dude i'm just gonna bring my regular clothes i mean i'm not getting really dressed up okay well, I said, you could help me out and send me a garment bag. All right. Wait till you see it. It's going to be a, a beauty. <laughs> well, fucking garment bag is like, I never saw a garment bag so small. Like, I think even if like you just got a garment bag from a regular store, it would be bigger.
7: Hey, uh, Howard, I, I don't know what's going on with these garment bags and Ralph, but I know a while back on Instagram, he was posting about these amazing garment bags he found on Amazon and said he uses them for his clients. <laughs> Are these what? the same garment bags? I don't know what he's doing. His clients. What clients? He said, I, I got these bags from one of my clients and they love them and they're the greatest Corrible. garment bags. Ever. I don't love it. You should what see. What's he see,
6: talking say, about? Is he delusional? <laughs> that Instagram <laughs> should,
7: is wild, man. His clients. One of my clients. So maybe it was yeah. you. I assumed you. Yeah. I, I.
6: Well, you know I what think it is? He's the only client he has.
7: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, as
0: far as I know, he did say he dressed somebody at some point, but you know, it's a weird thing because I called him. I said, I need a garment bag. Can you get me one? Just order me one. I want to give him something to do. And, uh, he sent it down. And I look, my, my wife and I looked at it and we were like, well, how are you going to, my wife goes, how are you going to fit any clothing in this thing? Oh, it's like a little goodness. tiny thing. And, uh, I said, she goes, maybe you should call Ralph. I said, you know what? It's not going to do any good. So he might it, he must think I like
7: it, or maybe his other like client is like a dwarf. Like if they're that, <laughs> small. I don't know. Has to be. It's
6: Hezbollah or somebody. Hezbollah.
7: <laughs> Hezbollah. That's Hezbollah, other, Hezbollah. That's his other <laughs> client.
0: Yeah. Oh, here's a note. The garment bag Ralph promotes on Instagram costs twenty nine dollars. That's what he got me. That must. What be does it.
6: it look like?
0: I gotta show it to you. I should bring it down here, but it would take me too long i'll no. I'll show it to you when I, when i'm when we're doing when I'm in Miami next week, the big yes will be you'll
6: pack it because you can't use it
0: yeah, oh, I mean it's like it, it, I don't think I could put like a jacket in there and have it zip <laughs> up. I don't want to go get me out of this
6: uh uh you can't you you said yes, and um everything's set fun.
0: up everything's set up. Oh, I will see the boys.
6: Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. My wife will do some shopping, and then everyone can, you know, say that I'm locking my wife up in the house.
6: And she uh, can come home and do a fashion show for you in the evening.
0: Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> I got a better chance of you giving me a fashion show. <laughs> All right, uh Robin, I'll uh talk to you next week from Miami. Everybody tune in. Yes. And, you know, I'll be there. And my attitude will be very positive. It won't be like today. You'll see. I'm gonna go with a really good attitude. It's gonna be a nonstop party.
6: You'll start out with a really good attitude.
0: <laughs> yeah. See how long it lasts. We can bet
6: on it. <laughs> we can time it.
5: All right. Anyway. Coming soon to the Howard Stern Show. Hola, senorita. Me gusta la
10: posita. Executive producer Gary Delabate returns as Flirty Gary. Hey, this is Gary, but my friends call me Flirty G. He'll flirt with anyone, including anal fisters. I dig out colon. Trump supporters. If you're into Trump, then baby, let's hump. And now the women of Miami as Puppy Gary. How's about a rumba cubana on my banana? It's Flirty Gary, Miami style. In the new phony phone call in the flirty gary series you like plantains because i'll be plantain my dick in that ass coming soon to the howard stern show i'm papi g and you'll go loco for me